Hey, strangers. Welcome to another episode of The Strange Sessions. As always, I am Krista, and I'm actually looking yes. across the table at my co-host, Kurt. We for are the first together time in, in person, believe it or not. Probably a couple of months. Yeah, it feels like it's been forever. We've only... I think we've done, this is what, our we've third episode. <laughs> we only did one in person. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. It's been a crazy 2023 season. And I thought it might snow today, too, because there's like a there was a huge band of snow, but it was north of us. Mm-hmm. So I looked out the window this morning, and I was like, yes, I can actually drive, <laughs> to, drive to your place. The universe is not working against us today. <laughs> No, not today. Well, spring has sprung. It feels... Like it's getting warmer out. We're supposed, supposed to, to be like 70. 70s this week. Yeah. I'll yeah. believe it. We live too close to the lake for yeah. it to get that warm, I think. But uh, yeah, it's it's feeling good. We've got some bulbs coming up in the nice. backyard that we planted last year. I'm excited nice. about that. Happy Easter, everyone. If you celebrate Easter, yes, happy, happy Easter. That's right. The episode is coming tomorrow. out on Easter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It'll Shoot. be on Easter. I should have done. I should have. I should have hidden a basket for you down here somewhere. I should have. <laughs> you should have. I should have done like a jackalope or the bunny yip or some bunny related cryptid oh, yeah. in this episode, but or, I didn't even think about or it. Or the Easter bunny probably in general is probably some kind of weird backstory. Yeah. I didn't even think of it. <laughs> oh, we're off our game. Uh, don't okay. forget. If you want to skip all this, wow, I usually don't Kurt's do that. That's doing weird. It. This you, is a you weird role reversal. You do it because that was weird. It was yeah, if you don't want to hear us <laughs> complain about the weather and, uh, I don't know, general other housekeeping, just hit pause, check the show notes. Kurt will post the uh, timestamp of the <laughs> of, beginning of the episode topic. One of my so. students Facebook messaged me yesterday and she's like, Mr. K, I tried listening to your podcast, but I got bored really quick. She said, <laughs> you were like talking about your back being sore for five minutes. <laughs> like, yep. Welcome to the strange sessions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that's people are either in or out at that point. They're like, uh, if they're a first time listener, they're yeah. like, yeah, we can't do it. No, and I do that with a lot of podcasts me where too. I'll listen to like the first 10 minutes and I just instantly decide this isn't for me or this is for me. Mm-hmm. So thanks for giving us a chance yeah. multiple times. You if you've know. gotten through this part, you are uh, a champion. And again, still with the money coming in from our, like every time. I haven't time... checked the balance recently, but it's like. I'm blown away. Yeah. Like every time I get like the email notification that we got a deposit from somebody, it's like, God, that makes me wish we did a good podcast. <laughs> that was worth it. I wish we gave them something I worthwhile. Wish we, yeah, I wish we, exactly. Exactly. Uh, shout outs. We've had three new strangers since the last time. So that's nice. I had to deny a couple people because they never answered the question. Oh, I always, I ch- I'm always like, I'll go check later. And then it's like a week later. And I'm like, oh, are they still? And then I go check and they're gone. <laughs> they're so gone. You must. Uh, those three are Paul Schrader, who might have been, I can't remember if we did him in the last one or not, but if he, if he gets a twofer if we did. Yeah. So Paul Schrader, Char Oswald, and my friend Teresa Bialik. Uh, her husband Tom is a dear friend oh, of mine, I and he listens. He listens okay. to the podcast. Nice. Uh, I have a bunch of other shout-outs too. The first one, uh, a much deserved shout-out, goes to the girl working at Loves that gave me my coffee for free. <laughs> oh, really? I think she was like she was putting the sausage and hot dog things on the rollers. Sure, sure. The roller girl, yeah. And she saw me go over to the checkout. She goes, "All you have is coffee," and I said, "Yeah." And she goes, "Just take it." Oh, nice. And I'm like, "Are you sure?" And she must like, be a fan of the show. She, oh, I'm obviously. She's probably she's probably like, oh my God, Kurt's here. Kurt from the Strange Sessions is here. Oh, that's so funny. Um, <laughs> so big shout out to if her only. for giving me my coffee for free. And I want to give shout outs to a couple students. Those are Oliver. I want to give Oliver a shout out again, mostly because he gives me cookies sometimes at oh. lunch. Well, there you go. It's funny because the students don't like a lot of times in their lunch they have individually wrapped pieces of string cheese and they don't like it so i literally have like 10 students giving me their string cheese at lunch like string cheese 
so my pockets are like full. I, I I've been eating so much string cheese. I love it's string not, cheese. I know, but then they yell at me because they see me bite into it instead of. That's how I eat it. Yeah, but they're like, I'm not giving you string cheese anymore if you're not going to tear it apart. And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, I, no. I, I I usually bite into it. I've seen a meme about that before. Like if you eat it this way, you're a monster. And I'm like, yes. I'm often eating at my desk at yep. work. My hands are not the cleanest. I'm not going to eat cheese with my yep. hands. So yeah. I just bite into it with the yep. wrapper still on one end. Yep. Wisconsin. I know. (laughs) And I want to give a shout out to my student, Maddie, who literally had me like crying a little bit the other day when we're doing state testing right now. Mm. So it's been super hectic, like super hectic. Uh, Like, is it state testing is to like see where they are? Yeah. Like where our school is Mm -hmm. at. And after that, we had to do like a celebration because it's just like such a drag on yeah, the students. And sure. but, and I did a present. I played a bunch of our EVPs. Oh, nice. Yeah. For the students, I had like, they said like 60 to 80 people signed up for mine. Wow. So I played a bunch of our EVPs and like some of the ones that we've played a ton of times, some of them told me stuff they heard. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I kind of get that out of there. So I played those. But one of the other teachers, I helped him. I did a scavenger hunt around the school. So I was hiding stuff around the school. Oh, that's so fun. it was a busy, At least it's busy fun week. Stuff. But after the test, you can't use your computer anymore. So people were just like, they, they have word searches printed out and mazes and stuff. Mm-hmm. And some students just drew. And after the other day, Maddie... Oh, is this the picture you sent me? No. Yeah. Maddie sent gave me a picture she drew of a cat with angel wings. Mm-hmm. And she wrote that really sweet thing mm-hmm. underneath it about Narnia. That was so sweet. And I, like, I literally teared up. So I'm giving a shout out to Maddie for being so awesome. Um, my student, Aubrey, who made me a bracelet that says strange. with You know, it has like the little cubes on it with yeah. the letters. And she made oh, me one that cute. said strange. And obviously, Charlotte, my student, Charlotte, who painted us... Yes. This strange sessions thing that is just amazing. I'll be posting that to socials tomorrow. Yeah. And I think I'm going to use it for the next bunch of episodes as our logo because I love it. I was by Asher, my my nephew, because it was Grayson's birthday party last weekend or the weekend before. But uh, happy birthday, Grayson. I uh, was talking to Asher and he's he's convinced that somebody else sent us a possible logo. And he he and he was going back on. Well, face, we have two that he was going back us. on Facebook and looking and looking and looking, huh. and he couldn't find it. We have two that people have sent us, and we use them. One's kind of black and gray, and it has those red eyes. Okay, I don't. Do we use that? Yeah, one? Yeah, I do. Okay. And then there's one that's actually those colors. Okay. That it's like dark trees and blue, and then okay. there's like some eyes in that one too. Okay. We so, use them both. Yeah, so I'm going to use this so one. So maybe I think that's the one he's talking about. It's possible. So I'm okay. going to use this one for this episode and probably the bunch of next episodes because I just couldn't believe she, so she painted that. There's like and little felt ghosts on it. Yeah, there's little it. felt ghosts on it. And it's a really cool perspective, like looking up through the trees. It's yeah. so amazing. And I want to give shout outs to uh, two more of my students, Clara and Elena. Because they they dressed up like me for dress like your favorite teacher day. They were little Mr. K's. Oh, that's so cute. And they're just so awesome. And a shout out to... Did they wear flannels? Yeah. Another <laughs> uh, a shout out to another student, Elena, who I just adore that bought me a quartz necklace. Oh, cool. Like a necklace with a yeah. big quartz crystal in it. Wow. So these kids are just... Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. And you saw like on Facebook, uh, my st- student cadence that left and went to Lincoln bought me that cat blanket the, oh, with yeah. the pictures of narnia and me mm-hmm. on it and my student cheyenne gave me the cat plushie and Rhonda, Rhonda roo sent Rhonda me a, a window like a prism oh, yeah. thing with the, thing the cat so wings like a little stained glass window yeah 
And Michelle, a good friend of mine I used to work at the grocery store with, sent me just like the sweetest card to our P.O. box because I don't think she has my address and it was in our P.O. box. So yeah, so thank you guys so much for all that stuff. And this housekeeping might go longer than usual because... We have a lot of stuff to open. We have stuff to open. We haven't been together in a while. Yeah, we haven't been together in a while, so we have a bunch of stuff to open. We're not even sure what our taste tests are because we don't know if these packages... We don't even know if they are taste tests. So... Should I read this postcard first? Yeah. So this one might go a little longer than usual. We apologize. The topic's not as long. I don't feel like the topic is going to be as long, but I always say that when we always end up going like two hours. Yeah. Okay, so this is a postcard from the Virgin Islands. And it says, Dear Kurt and Krista, happy season seven. The Shalou family thought of you before our cruise in January. Bought you the Oscar Mayer hot dogs and Kraft mac and cheese gummies. Okay, yep, yep, yep. We tasted the hot dogs. We haven't tasted the mac and cheese yet. Uh, it says, stay strange. Shayna, Sarah, Brad, Coraline, Coraline, Kurt, help me. Cora. <laughs> oh, Cora. Cora. Okay, Cora. Caden sent us some taste test stuff. Okay. Caden, Stephanie, Taylor, Addison, Samantha, Hannah, and Hunter. Yeah. Very nice. I'll take a picture of this. A little jealous because I want to go on a cruise, but at the same time, I don't uh, know if I want to go on a cruise. Have we talked about this? I don't remember. <laughs> I'm anti-cruise. Really? Yes. I don't ever want to be trapped. I, I just feel like there's always some weird story in the news about a cruise ship that got caught in bad weather or everybody got sick. Yeah. And what are you going to do? <laughs> You're all stuck on this yeah. one. I don't know. Can't do it. Okay. Nope. Fair enough. So we're not going to be doing a Strange Sessions cruise. No, just put that out there right stra- now. Strange Sessions fan cruise. <laughs> oh, it creeps me out, actually. Okay. What should we Should I start with this one? Sure. Okay. Well, Tiana's okay. came to us a long time ago. And that's the bag. That's the box on the bottom. But I think there might be multiple things in there that we might just have to grab one or two this time. Oh, you know what we never did that we talked about doing? The cryptid case. The subscription box. The cryptid case. I'm just starting from the top and working my way down. And Sherry from work made us something for the studio. I don't know what I'm it excited. is. Some of the packages we got in the last week or two are going to get put off until next time because we have such a backlog. Well, this is definitely a taste test. Hold on. Before okay. I get crazy and stuff. Okay. There's no letter in here. I just want to publicly state that. Okay. I always miss the letters. Why you you look so confused? Because right I now. don't remember if somebody told me they were sending me something. Hmm. Oh, is there something oh, on the back? Letter. Here we go. <laughs> there was a letter. Um, or not? No, it's just a gift receipt. Well, whoever sent us this, thank you. Let us know. Wait, 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 wait. wait. There's more. There's more. <laughs> Hi, Kurt and Krista. Yay. This is not a taste test as I've already sent these coffee cookies. Oh. These are these shortbread oh. coffee cookies. Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. I'm glad you both like them, especially Krista. But this is a thank you gift for making my day with your podcast. Oh, thank it's you. from Andrea. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. She sent us a whole thing. <gasps> you love those. Yep. I adore these. Thank you so much. <laughs> Like, like seriously, do you want to take a little bag home? Nope, those are yours. That is for you. This is like a whole bag of bags. That's okay. Oh my God. I'm going to stuff one in your something before you leave. (laughs) Just whatever. Do we have to censor that? (laughs) (laughs) your laptop case. Oh. Oh, thank you, Andrea. Okay. I might have bumped the table and made a really loud noise. Sometimes I can't tell. Okay, this is the one from Sherry. I don't know what this is. Sherry is my coworker. Thank you, Sherry. Oh boy. It's very mysterious, the way it's packaged up. I don't know if she made it or if she bought it, but 
sorry. <laughs> but she's very crafty. I'm gonna assume she bought this. Unless she had, yeah, she had to. Have. Oh wow, oh, <laughs> that is it's awesome! A metal Bigfoot crossing a metal sign with like big claw marks on it. That oh, is I cool. Love it. That's really cool. Oh my god, Sherry! Thank you so much. Yes, thank you, Sherry. She's the best. I call her Schmeyers. That is that is awesome. Thank you, Sherry. Making sure I'm not missing a note. No, okay. Uh, we have a couple Bigfoot crossings. I'm a little jealous things. that your house has the studio because there's so much cool stuff. I know. Okay, I'm gonna have to enlist Jim to help me hang all this up. Do you follow Charlie Barron's on I Instagram? No, I don't. That's so funny. Okay, this one's from Tiana. It's a box. It's probably a bunch of stuff, so maybe... Wow. Just the shipping that she paid for alone. I'm just astounded that people... Tiana, thank you so much. It's been a while since people heard me grunting to open a box. <laughs> yes. Or a package. Jeez. <laughs> I'm like bumping into but, my... I don't even know if I'm going to edit this episode, so sorry about all the bumping and banging, people. Okay, I see lots of bubble wrap. If there's tons oh, in there... There's okay, take just a couple things out. Um, are we going to do... I, this is a taste test. Do a taste yeah, test. Yeah, we do need a taste test. Dill pork rinds. Ooh, that, Ooh, that, that, could, that could go either way. Dill pork rinds. Like, I'm weird. I've had really good pork rinds, and I've had really gross pork rinds. I mean, just the word pork rind is kind of weird, but I have had pork rinds. I mean, they're crunchy. <laughs> Look, at it's got like a little beaver or something. Or oh, that that's, yeah, we've had, we've had that beaver logo before. Hmm. I'm going to take a picture of the bag. Dill pork rinds. That's going to go real good with the cough drop in my mouth. Oh, yeah. They're going to be menthol-y <laughs> Men- Menthol pickle pork rinds. <laughs> Maybe just Oh, they smell porky dilly? and dilly. Wow, I'm going to Oh, you're taking a mondo. big one. That looks like a taco shell. Pork rinds are very popular in the low carb world. Okay. Sorry. People probably love it when I talk when I'm off the mic. Okay, I'm taking a picture of this pork rind. Again, the lighting down here is terrible. I'm going to momentarily take my cough. Wow, that does smell pickly. Holy biscuits. This is going to be very crunchy. Sorry, people. Yeah. Okay, ready? Ready? I don't love pork rinds to begin with. Oh, this is like spicy. Do you get like a burning on your tongue a little bit? No, I actually don't. I get like right here. That's weird. I, I, they're not as dilly as I as they smell. Mine's they, pretty dilly. Mine smelled way more dilly pick, dilly. <laughs> mine smelled way more pickly than it was. I oh, now got I got a weird has, little burn. All isn't of a sudden, that weird? It just kicked in. Like, um, what is that? It's weird because like the initial taste of a of a uh, pork, pork rind. rind is always like off putting, yes, like weird really for some. Re- it's like I don't know. I don't know if it's because your brain is expecting a potato chip taste, but it's, there's always like a weird. It's like a stale taste. Yeah, there's a little like, bit. Yeah, there's like a weird vibe to it that, um, <laughs> I, out of ten, eh, I'm gonna give it like a four. I'm gonna give it a seven. I mean, they're they're okay. Eh. They're not bad. That that flavoring on a potato chip would be delicious. 
I'll probably snack on the I'm rest of these. I'm not a big pork I'll snack on the rest person. of these during the episode. <laughs> that won't be annoying for everybody. <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> Shoot. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah, now that's a little spicy. That was weird. I wasn't expecting it to be no, spicy. I wasn't either. Okay. Do you want to try the macaroni and cheese gummies? Sure, let's do okay. it. Okay. We also have sent to me, but I think it was given to me by my cousin. Yes, Shana. It was just in that postcard that I read. Was it Shana or was it Stephanie? I could have sworn it was No, Stephanie. it was in the postcard okay. I just read from Shana. Full disclosure, I just made, we we're, we were in the mood for macaroni and cheese, which is not something we ever buy or make. I made it last night. Really? Kraft macaroni and cheese. I love Kraft macaroni and cheese. With Johnsonville butter with cheddars. Ooh. Yeah, it was delicious. Wow. Again, very, I think I already took a picture of this. I better put it back in here and take a picture. I'm going to cleanse my palate with one of these. With a pork rind? A pork rind palate. <laughs> the, fir- <laughs> the first initial taste is so yucky, but then it's kind of good. You're really selling it with the look on your face. Good thing they don't sponsor us. Wow. Yeah, the lighting down here is bad. Everything's kind of out of focus. Corey would like these because I think Corey likes pork rinds. Know anybody doing keto? They'd probably like uh, these. Corey. Well, oh, Corey, really? Nicole, Corey's wife? wife does keto sometimes. It is that thing you can't stick with. So there's no way you... I could. Oh, they it really like looks, It really they looks like, like macaroni and cheese, though. Take two. Okay. Oh, they smell good, actually. But yeah. they look disturbingly like macaroni and cheese. But not like... They don't smell like it. No. Ready? Yeah. Mmm. Mm, they're kind of hard to chew, though. They're wow. super chewy. Mmm. I mean, the flavor is good. They just I, taste like a gummy worm, kind of. I like them. I'm gonna tastes give, better than the hot dogs. I'm going to give them an eight. These are like really good little gummies. Mm-hmm. They'd be a nine if they were a little chew, a little less chewy. Mm-hmm. Like my students would They're kind of tough. Yeah. I'm going with the seven just because the texture is a little tough. Mm. They're good, though. They don't taste like they look. Weird mingling of this and pork rinds in my mouth, though. Mm. And cough drop and coffee. <laughs> so it's kind of weird. Mean, that sounds like a winning combination. Yeah. Right. Just getting a picture of one little pasta gummy. I think we completely skipped over that. housekeeping, but did we have any housekeeping? That was the housekeeping. Oh, we didn't have any other housekeeping, did we? I don't think so. Mm. Was I going to announce the next book club yeah. book? Something like that. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so we picked, if you haven't heard, we have a podcast. It's a book club podcast. Um, so the May book is called False Memory by Dean Koontz. So. The Bargain Basement, Stephen King. Yeah. <laughs> and we're currently reading Just Before Sunset by Stephen King. So that one we will be recording two weeks from now, I guess. Yeah, and just... uh Ooh, That's actually not a lot of time. There's a whole other week in the month. Oh. Should we pick another day to do it? It's up to you. Because the 22nd, that's that's only two weeks. Yeah. I don't know. If it's up to you. Do you want to? We can postpone it to the weekend after because we just do that over Skype. Yeah, should we record on the... Except people said um, you're quieter on Skype now than I am. I know. We could do it the 22nd. Let's just do it the 22nd. Yeah, read fast, people. Come on. If nothing else, <laughs> if nothing else, just do a couple stories. Uh, try to it read the whole book. It is a short story book. It yeah. is a short story book. And read... just let us know your three favorite short stories. Yeah, like, you rank don't have them, to read the whole thing. Rank them. Krista and I both agree with our favorite. So it's, far. So far. So I'm far. Only, I'm only on yeah. one. 
two, three, but that, four. I'm that, only on the The one that you and I talked about before. That's yes. my favorite story. It in was, there. yeah. Good. Do it was we have a any, good one. Any other housekeeping? I don't think so. We're 25 minutes in, but that's including the unedited part oh, at the beginning. Pish posh. That's not so bad. Pish posh. Pish posh. Okay. I feel like I was going to talk about something else, but was was I? We're still talking about our possible trip to um, We should Paulding. probably start we making... We should. Well, the Paulding the problem is, like, feel like if you, you and I easy, don't get to... We only think about this stuff when we get together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't. The Paulding trip is easy. It's, I don't even know if we should do Mackinac Island because it's going to be... By this time, stuff is going to be booked up. You know, like, I'd be content just going to Paulding and just checking out, like, the area up there mm-hmm. i mean there's gonna be haunted locations no matter where we go yeah um we could figure that out we could always do door county too they do ghost tours up there we could and it's only an hour and i'd half even away, like to do a day trip away. to washington island because i've never mm-hmm. i've I, and we talked about the bitters bar that is like the with the yes, so maybe we island. could check that place out and then we could like do a shot of bitters and i like, mean i would love to go to mackinac island but i feel like yeah that's gonna take a heck of a lot more planning yeah maybe let's do that because I, I really do want to go we to need washington someone, we need a manager <laughs> i do we do need a manager an intern and a manager so paulding and door county won't be the same trip though because they're way too split up well yeah the... no, that's fine if we do too many trips that's yeah, fine perfect but like next year i want to do a big trip to like yes. a big haunted location yeah i agree before we need like five years to plan this <laughs> <laughs> by the 10th season oh, we'll have this gosh. down okay yeah yeah yeah. we should do dark county and then like yeah like uh like Re- like like record. i just keep saying like, well washington highland is supposed to be haunted too yeah. Yeah. there's haunted lighthouses yeah. i love dark county yeah no that's let's do that that sounds fine okay this this is how we roll on the strange sessions yeah. we just we, we, we're pretty loosey-goosey we're pretty moment. loosey-goosey when it comes to anything <laughs> And uh, unorganized. I, I call it unorganized. I feel like I'm forgetting to say something that I was going to say. Hmm. We mentioned this being our last episode. We're done. We're folding <laughs> after this one. We're hanging it up. Hanging yeah, it we're up. just going to the Paulding Light for the no, heck of we're it. We're splitting and we're doing, there's creative differences. I'm going solo. Creative differences. No one would listen to my solo podcast. It's just going to be Krista opening boxes. That's ho- that's all the podcast <laughs> is, is Krista opening packages. Of Bigfoot stuff that people <laughs> have Bigfoot sent me. Bigfoot stuff that people send her. <laughs> and I'm just going to be complaining about my back, complaining about the weather. <laughs> crotchety kurt it's gonna be called this sounds quality yeah but anyway we digress oh wow we are getting all the promoted comments on our post today i hate that block those people i have to delete them all oh shoot i only have one song selection for today but that's okay that is okay are we jumping okay we are ready i'm ready are we jumping into the topic so i decided for this one to go with just a list of strange cryptids and creatures, yes. like not a ton of them. I think I technically have four or five, but what's weird is that the one that's that started all this, I was like, "Ooh, that's super creepy." I couldn't find really anything about. Oh, but it's stories about like tall hitchhikers, like strangely Ooh, tall hitchhikers. That's creepy. Uh, I believe that there's. Some I just t- like the idea of it. I believe some people say that whatever these things are are also called stick Indians in Native American folklore. Okay. Uh, but if you look back through some Ask Reddit posts, posts about traveling, you'll see stories about people being on like desolate highways miles from anywhere, and they encounter people who seem to be hitchhikers. They look normal or dress normal, except they tend to be around nine feet tall or Dang. more. Uh, and there, I've seen like a couple little mentions, and I'm like, oh, there's going to be tons of stuff, and there's nothing. Like I can't find any mm. good stories about this. So this this is the one that spearheaded the whole thing that started it off, and it turns out I don't even have anything Kinda about eh. it. 
but it's just I've seen I remember seeing stories about people that are like freaked out because they see somebody hitchhiking and they're like ungodly tall and then sometimes like are they always driving tiny cars no but then sometimes <laughs> the person will start running after their car, their car when they don't pick them up and oh stuff God. like that that's creepy and i went looking for these stories that i remember seeing and i could not find anything mm. so that maybe might, it's a mandela effect. that it might be it that might happen. be in another that might be in a future episode but like unusually tall hitchhikers which is creepy like hitchhikers are creep like hitchhiking it, creeps me out totally and it was like such a common such thing a like in the 70s I know. like in the 60s and 70s yeah. You know, but on one hand, if I saw somebody hitchhiking, I would pick them up. I'm I like, oh. yeah, but. I'm a female, though. That's, yeah. I mean, there's a difference when it comes to that. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm a big boy. I also would not guy. hitchhike. Yeah, I'm a big, big. <laughs> yeah, you're scary. Yeah, I'm a big MMA fighter looking guy. Yeah. Yeah. With your Mothman hat. <laughs> They'd probably be afraid. They're like, yeah, no, I'm not uh, getting in your next car, car weirdo. please. <laughs> So that's tall hitchhikers. I'll that's... actually just wear a hat that says flat earther and nobody will get in your No, car. nobody will. <laughs> So that's all I got. So that's the episode. All right. Hope you liked it. Stay strange. Okay, song choices. Stay strange. <laughs> um, another one that I wanted to kind of jump back into, but I also didn't because I feel like it's kind of not our thing. It's somebody else's we're thing. We're to a rip and yeah, start right these, now. The first two are the ones that were like, <laughs> but it's about, we've already talked about them, mirrored men. Mirrored, mirrored men. We've talked about them where okay. people see, it looks, you know, like sometimes you'll see like a, it started with the, like the black figure hat man standing like on the corner in the street like looking at somebody's window mm-hmm. or being in the woods and seeing a shadow person like skulking through the woods but then the mirrored man is when there were like three of them and they would all move at the same time we huh. talked we did talk about did this we? yes we 100 percent talked about this in an episode in the past i mean i believe you <laughs> uh and people like would see this in the woods where they would see these three figures like and they said it was weird because their movements there were three separate people dressed the same and their movements were all exactly the Mm, same that's really creepy and that that's something called mirrored men and that basically where that started and it's kind of like the spot for it is the monsters among us podcast which i actually really like uh it's hosted by Derek hayes i follow their youtube channel he was the first to like truly start this phenomenon called the mirror men phenomenon and it was after a number of callers to his show described seeing the same type of entity or entities. Typically, the mirrored men are described as coming in threes and moving in unison so perfectly that it appears to be like you're looking in a mirror, like mm-hmm. they're exactly the same. You know, and there's a lot of stories like people would call in and tell, like leave their stories and they would see it like two in the morning, three in the morning, they would look out their window and just happen to see these three figures dressed exactly the same, all walking down the street like together like or together sort of no staggered. together like like no like together like maybe two or three feet apart all m- moving exactly the same and then they would stop and they would all at once look at the window of the person that was looking out at them i'm noping all over that <laughs> so that is mirrored men hmm. i wanted i might is there die- a theory as to what they could no be? like no and it's just weird because it like kind of started from his podcast and then more people are seeing it now. So is it like a Tulpa kind of situation mm. where it feels like a glitch in the matrix? That's what it's, that's what it's like. It's almost like, you know, like say that people talk about how the world really did end in, in 2012 or whatever. Uh-huh. And that we're in a computer simulation hour yeah. that time got fractured and that's what's causing the, the Mandela effect. But people think this might have something to do with that where like before you would see one creepy person in the road now you're seeing three because it's like a weird glitch thing mm. that that caused the mandela effect or 
or caused synchronicities, which everybody seems to be having. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. But he has a lot of stories. He did a, he was on the Blurry Photos podcast, like the host interviewed him and they talked a lot about the mirrored men and stuff. So I think at some point I'll tackle that again. But I just feel like that's kind of not my thing to jump on because it's kind of like Derek's thing for his mm. podcast. Mm. Okay. But I'm fascinated by the idea of mirrored men. Can I jump in with two synchronicities that happened yeah. this week? So I was taking my mom to phys- If you've been listening, you know my mom is recovering from knee surgery. Actually, two knee surgeries now here at my house. So I was taking her up to Manitowoc for physical therapy. And we were talking about Luigi's restaurants, yeah. how there's a Luigi's restaurant in every city, city, but they're not like a chain or anything. Yeah, there's one in Manitowoc. Yeah, there's <laughs> one in where I live too. And uh, just as we were talking about it, a car drove by with a license plate that said Luigi. That's weird. Which is weird. That is weird. And then on the way home from physical therapy, just out of nowhere, my mom was like, I could go for a donut. Like we're not, we don't buy donuts. We, yeah. it's a special occasion thing. Yep. Like she very specifically was like, I could just go for like a pastry or something and when jim came home from work he walked in with a box of donuts (laughs) and we don't it's not something we do so it was just two in the same day that involved my mom it it was crazy that is weird but they're fun you know like synchronicities are amazing i haven't really had a ton lately and when i do it's the ones where where i'm like writing or typing a word as somebody on tv Mm -hmm. says it and it's like a weird word that you wouldn't expect them to say yeah you know, I love those. Like moments. if it was shooting and they were the news is on and they're saying shooting, that's not really a. But if it's like some <laughs> weird happens like word, every day in Milwaukee. Yeah, if it's some weird word, but that's happened to me a lot lately. But my my synchronicities have been kind of subdued lately. I haven't I've really yet to any. have one that made me feel ill at ease. I feel like all of my synchronicities give me like a fun, warm feeling. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, mine give me like the feeling like. The one I always think about, and I've talked about it multiple times on here, is the one at Papa Murphy's, the eleven eleven one where oh your receipt was no little, where no. I was standing there, and it was like it was like something grabbed my head, grabbed both sides of my head, turned my head to look at the clock, and the clock read eleven eleven. Mm-hmm. It was like something physically turned my head to weird. look at the clock. Okay, that's weird. And it's it should be spooky, but it's just like this feeling like. Like there's so much more to the world and yeah. reality and life than that you know. That mundane moment, yeah. Is it's not like mundane. it makes you feel like you're a part of something significant. Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of what synchronicities do. Yeah. You know, and Aaron said that he Aaron didn't like Hellier. He was not a fan of Hellier. Really? Yeah. But he said, you know, he like he's had a ton of synchronicities lately, hmm. and he said it's just so bizarre. And is it, are we experiencing them more because we're talking about them more? You know, is it one of those things or is it just because, but some of the ones that I experience are just too. I mean, part of it could be, um, let's say you, you just buy a new bright red Kia yeah, and, and then, then you, you see, see Kias yeah, where otherwise everywhere. I wouldn't have noticed Right. Them. It could be that, but yeah. also it could be the universe or whatever sending you messages. I mean, we should do another episode about synchronicities because we talk about it yeah. a lot. Yeah. Uh, the next episode we're going to do is going to be paranormal based. Yes. I like this topic. I don't know if there's going to be a ton about it, but it's a topic that's really fascinating to me. Okay. But I won't tell you. I like not telling you until it's time. Fine. It's time. But <laughs> so, we digress. We, we, we were We digress. This is going to be kind of a stuff. babbly episode, I feel. <laughs> because the first two, I didn't really, I was interested in them and then decided, eh, let's not talk about them. 
<laughs> so t- tall hitchhikers, mirrored men that I do want to tackle again at some point. But if you if, can if find more information, yeah, about if you're them. interested in that at all, check out Derek Hayes' podcast, Monsters Among Us. It's a really good podcast. Uh, I listen to that a lot lately. I've been listening to Mash Matters again because I'm I'm back into like Mash mode where mm. I love to show Mash and it's it's I didn't about know there was a podcast. About yeah, it. it's it's a super fan of the show does it. Okay, and the guy that played Igor the cook on Mash mm. is the co-host. Nice, and it's cool That's because fun. like he said. He was, that was just a job for him. And he didn't realize until doing this podcast, like how much the show affected so mm. many people's lives. Yeah. The next side sessions, not today's, but the next one might be about MASH. Oh, sweet. Because I was listening Jim to that coming is, down. Jim is a huge MASH oh fan. Oh my God. I love MASH. It, I, it is it is the best show that was ever on television. 100%. Hmm. Breaking Bad's up yeah, there. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we, we digress. Sorry, guys. This is going to be one of those episodes where it's all over the place. Welcome the, to the strange. Sessions. The next one where I'm actually going to discuss. So this is going to oh, okay. just be a mention. Sweet. But this one's interesting, and I've come across this several times. Didn't find a. I only found like one story that kind of mentioned this. But this is a creature with the frightening name of the hide behind. Ooh, no! <laughs> it's according to the, the Book of Creatures behind. website. Hide behinds are very dangerous creatures found throughout American logging country, Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Michigan. It gets its name from always hiding behind something, and nobody has ever seen one. To be more specific, no greenhorn has ever seen one. No what? Greenhorn, like a newbie. Oh, okay. Experienced lumberjacks know that the hide behind looks a lot like a bear walking upright, standing about 5 feet 10 inches to 6 feet tall. Its slender body is covered in long black fur, thick enough that its front and back are interchangeable, and its face, if it has one, is unknown. The forelegs are short, powerful, and armed with bear-like claws. The tail is like that of a French sheepdog and is held curled upwards. <laughs> I don't know. It sounds adorable. It does. It sounds like I want to hug it. I wonder if it's in that I, book. I do want to hug it. A hide behind is so narrow that it can conceal itself behind a 10-inch tree. No matter how fast you move, the hide behind moves faster. You can whirl around to catch a glimpse of it, but it will always be out of sight behind a tree. They are extremely patient stalkers capable of fasting for seven years before finding suitable prey. Wow. And I don't know what a grebe or a grab, a G-R-E-B-E. I think it's like an animal. Okay. I, I, I was going to look it up before the podcast and I forgot. But it says that grab intestines and human intestines are the mainstay of a hide-behinds diet. It uses its hooked claws to disembowel unwary loggers, pouncing from its hiding place with a terrifying laugh. Okay, it doesn't sound so adorable anymore. No. Sometimes the hide behind sometimes the hide behind's peal of laughter is enough to scare prey to death before they are torn open. For, fortunately, hide behinds loathe the smell of alcohol, and just one bottle of beer is a guarantee of total safety in hide behind country. People warn that a hide behind might. Well, I feel like everyone in Wisconsin is. Yeah, safe. exactly. <laughs> People warn that a hide behind might disembowel a logger, though, before noticing intestinal alcohol. So, ideally, a constant state of inebriation sure. is a good thing. Someone in Wisconsin made this up. One hundred percent. So, according to a article on the Astonishing Legends website, I love the Astonishing Legends podcast. Mm-hmm. It's seriously one of my go-to podcasts. A July 26, 2018 article on Astonishing Legends called The Hide Behind says, quote, According to most accounts, the monster hates the smell of alcohol. If it hated the smell, it sure wouldn't want to eat something chock full of it. So lumberjacks drank as a way to protect themselves when they thought they might be on the hunting grounds of a hide behind. 
However, many saw this solution as an excuse to just drink more. So where and when and why did these tales arise? As mentioned above, these stories took place in logging country in the USA, being mostly Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Michigan, which were pretty wild places in the 19th century. Being a lumberjack was a taxing job with a myriad of dangers to contend with every single day. Perhaps the hide behind was a story to keep men vigilant for bears or other wild animals that might be lurking in the woods, or perhaps this isn't any kind of specific threat and it's just a grander reason and reminder for lumberjacks to stay vigilant at all times in order to avoid any kind of vulnerability. However, it might also be a way to deal with mysterious disappearances and deaths of fellow lumberjacks. Giants, Monsters, and Dragons, an encyclopedia of folklore, describes the creature as, quote, a predatory cannibal beast that lurked around the loggers' camps until one was alone long enough to be grabbed and carried away to be consumed. Perhaps this creature was a way for logging camps to deal with the fear of accidental kills, lost men, or fallen friends. Or it's just an excuse why they can be drunk all the time. And the drunkenness explains all the logging accidents. <laughs> well, yeah. So I don't... I it don't, is a very dangerous profession. It is. Absolutely. But I don't know if I buy this as an actual cryptid. Well, here's what but, I don't understand. If, if you never can see it, how can people describe what it looks like? Well, here's a story. Like this like story. This is like the one Reddit story where I found this actually mentioned. Okay. But people said that a lot of times they would just catch glimpses of it as it stepped behind a tree. That's creepy. It is just creepy. the idea of that is creepy. It is creepy. But this is Especially one story I found on Reddit. This person writes, quote, I don't know if this is a hide-behind story, but several years ago, when I was 17 years old, two friends and I were out on our bicycles one night, and we went on a trail in a local park. While we were on the trail, one of my friends freaked out and said that she saw something moving in the woods off to our left. We stopped our bikes to look... And in the darkness of the trees, I swear I saw something behind a tree that looked like it would occasionally peek out from behind the tree to look at us. I had a feeling like it was attempting to hide, but that it also wanted us to know that it was there and it was watching us. As we stood there and watched, the tree rattled like whatever had been there had pushed off from the tree and moved somewhere else. We quickly got back onto our bikes and took off as fast as we could. We made our way out of the park and got close to our houses when we passed another small woods, and this time I freaked out because I saw the same thing, something behind one of the trees that would peek out around the tree at us, almost like in a taunting manner. One of my friends actually started crying. There was no way that whatever this thing was, it could have gotten to its new location from the old location because we had been biking so fast. We did make it home, and I've never seen anything like it since that night. I don't know if it was a hide-behind, but if it was, it was definitely living up to its name. Creepy. Krista's <laughs> shaking her head. Creepy, creepy. No, but th this is apparently what, what, what the hide-behind does. Like, it's behind a tree. You either see it dart, dart behind a tree, or you see it peek out from behind the tree to look at you. Nope. So, no, Krista's, Krista's <laughs> knowing that one. Nope. My personal feeling on this one is that it was just a, a, a urban legend made up by lumberjacks as an excuse to drink more. Could be. You know. I mean, that sounds pretty logical. Yeah, like, why are you drinking? I'm hiding, you know, keeping right. safe from the hide behind. Yeah. So, it's a super cool story. Maybe someone saw a bear once, too, and misinterpreted it. Because they were drunk. Yeah. In, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I think it's a super neat idea creepy, for a cryptid idea, yeah uh, it could be a really good creepypasta mm -hmm. but as far as it being an actual something the name is pretty creepy too whoever came up creepy. with that is yeah. that's creepy <laughs> if you want to give something a creepy name the hide behind is it's a very good a very good one 
So that's one of the the, the creatures slash cryptids I wanted to talk about. Okay. The next one, the next two are actually kind of interrelated. And this one I actually found a couple stories about. I don't know if I, I think I only have like one on here, but I've seen it. And this is the idea of the deer woman. The deer woman, sometimes also known as the deer lady, is a spirit in Native American mythology whose associations and qualities vary depending on situation and relationships. To women, children, and men who are respectful of women and children, she is associated with fertility and love. However, to those who have harmed women and children, she is vengeful and murderous and has been known to lure men to their deaths. She usually appears as a beautiful young woman with the legs of a deer or the feet of a deer, which Mm. is just such a creepy, Mm -hmm. like a creepy mental image. Yeah. Like she's all, not like a, what is it, a minotaur? Yeah, kind of like a minor, like a, I, I know what you're trying to say. A senator? Is a centaur? Is it senator? I think centaur. centaur? <laughs> yeah, I think it's a wow. centaur. It's like a. <laughs> but she's on two legs or she has like the body of a deer and you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, this one it like has, like it looks like a human except it has like the, the feet or legs of Just a deer. Just two legs though. Yeah. Okay, weird. Yeah. From a blog entry on the website Anita's Notebook called, quote, Deer Woman, Native American Legend and Modern Day Sightings. The blog says, quote, different tribes have different versions of the story, but generally it goes that deer woman appears to hunters who are out alone, especially when a hunter is tired or things are not going well. Her lodge will mysteriously show up nearby. She will walk out of the lodge and the hunter will see that she is the most beautiful woman that he's ever seen. Then she will smile understandingly and invite the hunter inside the lodge to warm up by the fire and to drink some tea. Sounds witchy. It does sound witchy. If the hunter stays the night at Deer Woman's Lodge, he will never be the same. When he wakes up, he will be lying alone in the field, no trace of the lodge or the Deer Woman to be found. But he is now changed. His mind is now obsessed with Deer Woman, and his whole being is bent on finding her again. He forgets his family, he forgets his friends, he even forgets himself. In the words of Joseph M. Marshall III, quote, Such a man goes looking for her. He tells himself that he must find her. But what he is really looking for is his spirit because she has taken it from him. The man then is forever restless. If a man can see dear woman and turn away from her, though, he will gain new strength and good luck. He will be different than his peers and he will rise above them. Hmm. From the Wyoming Legends blog called, quote, Arapaho Legends and Traditions, it says, Deer woman is a creature, half woman and half deer, of Native American legends. She is known to be an attractive young woman, but has the hooves of a deer. Some say that her entire lower half is that of a white-tailed deer, and that when she is startled, you will see a flash of her tail. It's weird. Yeah. On our reservation, the Wind River Reservation in Wyoming, I heard a story of a recent sighting. The girls that saw her told their cousins that she had long black eyelashes, beautiful brown eyes, and a stunning face, but when they saw that she had the hooves of a deer, they left the area screaming. They knew that seeing the deer woman was not a good thing. Legend has it that deer woman will lure young men away from their homes and has been known to trample them to death beneath her hooves. The stories have persisted for years. It is fascinating that the story continues to be with us today in so many varied forms, but the fundamental story has never changed. Dear woman is someone who young men fall head over heels in love with but will never have. Who she really is, though, remains a mystery to me. Perhaps the answer is still out there waiting to be uncovered. It's interesting that um, legends or folklore like this always has like a morality Mm -hmm. 
message to it or yeah. piece to it. Yeah, like it, like there's a purpose. If you to the stray, story. like yeah, yeah, like if you're a, a young man, like a married young man who kind of wants to stray, it's a test of your. It's like a test of your moral fortitude, yeah. basically. But yeah, a lot of these, and that's why a lot of these myths came to be, is because they are like personifications of morality, like mm-hmm. moral choices that we make. So it is really cool. I mean, there there are some story. Here's one story that I found about it. I don't even know if this is actually about the deer woman, but somebody writes on Reddit, quote, I live in Oklahoma, and there is a little town there with a legend. She is called the Deer Lady, and I thought it was a joke until I went on a floating trip there. We stayed in a cabin, and one of the girls who is Native American told us the story. She told us that even saying the words Deer Lady would draw her to you. Whoops, looks like I might be getting a visit from, <laughs> from the Deer Lady. The Deer Lady. We, of course, said the name a few times with no results. It's like Bloody Mary. Yeah, it is like Bloody Mary. We, of course, said the name a few times with no results. Much later that night, myself and a couple of the friends were on the front porch, and all of a sudden the wind began to blow hard from all directions, and we started hearing what sounded like a giant bird on the roof of the cabin. This bird would have to have been the size of a small human. We quickly went inside, and we heard the thing and its talons on the roof. This went on for like 10 to 15 minutes, and then everything was quiet, and it was like a weight was lifted off all of us once it was over. I now refer to her as the DL if I am speaking of her, and even then I will not speak of her when I'm in that town because what we experienced was so weird and so wrong. Could this be the deer woman? Could this be a skinwalker? Oklahoma is full of Native American legends, and now I am wondering how many of them are real. I don't know why, but stories about something being on your roof really creep me out. Hearing something up on the roof that's... I don't know. You're in a place that you're supposed to feel safe, and I don't know. Those those stories really. Well, Stephanie, me out. our listener Stephanie in Texas, sent us a, a story about like hearing something on the roof. I believe, like walking on the roof, and that's weird. Like especially like in the middle of the night, if you hear footsteps on the roof over your head, mm-hmm. like that's that's a big nope. Yeah, that's that's one that's never that, until you said it. I've never really thought about if that freaks me out it a totally ton or keeps not. me out so i don't I like know, uh, by the way i like our facebook or thread in the facebook strangers group about stuff that creeps you out a yeah, lot a topic that yeah, you don't want to listen to yeah i know we have a listener who went on the confessionals podcast yes. to, to talk about i think the episode was called the roof walker or something and that episode has stuck with me because it, it sounded like such a terrifying experience i don't know if I f- that i feel like living in apartments like my, almost my whole life it's just don't deal with it, i don't deal with like I, yeah i've never heard I always anything on wonder our roof. how i would be like i wonder how different it would be if i was living like in a little house in the middle of the country in the middle mm-hmm. of nowhere mm-hmm. like out in the country you know these like stories I, would take on a like different if these stories like if i would you know, I'm up. Everybody knows my sleep schedule is all jacked up and that I'm up at like two o'clock in the morning, one o'clock. Lately, it's been like 10 to one. There was one day it was 10 to one. I was up, mm. you know, and when I'm laying there in bed, playing my games on my phone or reading creepy stories you on know Reddit, it's different because I know people. I'm surrounded by people. Yeah. But it's like if I lived in the country, mm-hmm. like I feel like if Kinda I live, changes things. I feel like one change is that I feel like I would be so OCD about checking to make sure that my doors were locked i'm like that here see in my apartment i'm like whatever like like if i leave for a little bit i'm like i can leave my (gasps) door open really yeah because nobody ever i I don't think anybody's the only person that's ever knocked on my door has been like the landlady oh to just to ask something so like nobody just randomly knocks on my door or or rattles the knob to see Mm -hmm. if it's open and at night our front doors lock you need a key to get in 
But it's like if I lived in the country, I think I would be like super paranoid about, especially like laying in bed at three in the morning reading shapeshifter stories on reddit i think i <laughs> yeah. and like hearing something move in the basement or hearing like Ugh. something weird in the basement you know like like i wonder like i feel like i'm missing that part of experiencing life like mm. the part of living on your own yeah you know if i win the lottery i'm gonna buy like a cute little house but well, i would love a house in the country i mean i think that's our next full disclosure jim got a new job in appleton Oh, I, don't, I didn't even oh, know shoot. that. We, wow, I should probably tell you this. Yeah, I didn't know we're, Appleton. We're actually thinking about moving. Really? Yeah, because it's going to be too yeah. far of a what drive What about the podcast, though? Well, you might have to be, come to a new area. I'm not going to say where we're thinking about moving. I'll tell you off offline. But it shouldn't be much further away. No, it away. wouldn't be any different than coming to Sheboygan. No, I don't no. think so. Um, But anyway. I, I would actually like that because there's like a lot of times that something is going on in Appleton or a place that I want to check out. And I'm like, eh. well, we're not going to move to Appleton. But Because the then area. my commute would be way in too the area. far. Yeah, so a halfway point. But I would love like my, I would love our next house to be where we're going to be for the next 20, 30 years. Yeah. And I would love an, a house in okay. the country. I'm all on board with that because I, I like that drive. I like that highway. Okay. Taking that highway. Well, where I was going with this is something... <laughs> That creeps me out, though, about living kind of isolated like that. Number one, you're isolated. So somebody's going to come mess with you. Who's going to hear you crying for help? Yeah. So that's that. But another thing that it's something that's creeped me out since I was little is the idea of being in a house at night and the curtains are open and you can't see anything outside your window because it's so dark. But something could be looking in. Something Some, could be standing out there looking in. Something or someone could just be standing there looking at you and you'd never know. So I even here curtains every curtain has to be closed at night because i i'm so creeped out by the fact of s the idea of something watching me and i can't see them like going out in the morning in winter and seeing footsteps by the window like footprints in the snow by the window nope you know that's never happened to me <laughs> so, sorry sorry to put that in your head it will when you go to the new house i'm gonna make sure i do okay, it okay thanks i appreciate yeah. that <laughs> i will keep you window. posted though i mean yeah so, like let me know after you move so i don't drive down here one day and i'm like <laughs> banging on the front door yeah, hope we'll have. I'll have to remember that whatever we pick. I think needs I, to have I a think space. I might know what cities you're thinking of, and I, I'm, that's cool. That's okay. like I'd, I'd be cool with that. It's not going to be much farther than coming down. I here. don't think so. You know, but if but you move I too far, then it's going to suck because I don't want to do the Skype all the time. No, and when we're house hunting, I have to be like, okay, we need a space for the studio. Exactly, we'll have all of our stuff on the walls. Yeah. How do we digress there? Uh. I don't remember. Talking about li if you ever lived in a house in the country. Oh, oh we talked about the roof, like th yeah, something yeah, yeah. walking on the roof, like in this story. <laughs> wow, a that's lot just of... I hear squirrels on the roof sometimes, and yeah, it's just obviously a squirrel too. because it's like scampering. Yeah, they're the, like the loudest creature out there. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sorry, I, I knew, we are I knew digressing. This, I knew a this lot. was going to be one of those episodes where we just kind of drift off into. Yeah. Sorry if this annoys you, people. Yeah. Some people love that, but some people don't. <laughs> so back to the deer lady. Uh, she's a seductress who kills men with her powers. However, if the man finds, if the man finds a dear trait, the man can capture her and take away her powers, apparently. Hmm. And how she came to be, they don't know. They said that there was just a, one dear woman that started and that's the one that's out there and that's all there is. But another like, uh, origin story for her is that people say a virgin innocent woman was gruesomely raped by a group of young men from a nearby tribe okay. who left her to die in a field many years ago. Rumor has it that a sympathetic doe lay beside her so she wouldn't die and journey back to Mother Earth alone. Aww. The men were never punished for her rape and murder. 
The woman was blessed with the strength of a deer in her next life, which allowed her to make peace, gather justice, and provide security for her and the future of other women across the land. I think that's, it's like a super depressing, sad mm-hmm. story, but I like the idea behind it that the, the doe laid by her and yeah. then she took on like the powers of deer. Yeah. You know, I think that's kind of like a cool origin story. And another theory is that the original deer woman revived a murdered human woman who is now known as the deer woman. So I don't know. I mean, I I think it it's just a like Native American s- yeah, legend. I it's think it's like a, like a, like a morality, like a morality, Native American morality type. based legend. I feel like a lot of Native American legends are like animal based. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. So yeah, it sounds very. And that brings us to the next one, which is kind of related, and that is something called the not deer. <laughs> So virtually anything but a deer. <laughs> Just It's called the not deer. Okay. According to the Anthenium, Acadia University School newspaper in Nova Scotia, from a December 5th, 2021 article called the not deer, it says, quote, not deer. That's what we call them way up here in the boonies. We're used to a great many things here, hide behinds and many other horrors, all lumber legends, tall tales passed down by thoughtful grandfathers and vengeful grandmothers. <laughs> but somehow the not deer is not spoken of, not directly anyways. It's one of those things that you just know without being told. And what is a not deer? You can't describe a thing by what it's not. But the not deer? Well, it's not a deer. Yeah, I've seen the not deer before. So have half the folks up here. We've all got our own stories to tell. Stories of late, drunken nights, stumbling home and hearing a noise behind you. And it'll be a deer. Except, except it won't be a deer. It'll have the antlers and the hooves, but these will be off ever so slightly, twisted and warped like a child's crude drawing. Like someone tried to make a deer but got it wrong, leaving a dark and twisted image of something that is. Whatever it is, that thing that is not a deer, it is something wearing deer skin in the dark, and the only way you can describe it is by saying what it isn't. It isn't a deer, and it probably never was. It was never meant to be. So <laughs> Krista's, Krista's making a face <laughs> you like... You can see my face yeah, right now. Krista's making a face like, mm, no. No, no. <laughs> yeah. I'm just noping on all of these. From a website called notdeermagazine.com, from an article called Appalachian Not Deer. By the way, I love that that last one mentioned the hide behind. Yeah, it was. Yeah, so I mean, I, I, it, it's neat that all of, and this, like the deer ones, are going to kind of lead to the next one too. Okay, which is interesting. So from notdeermagazine.com, which website everybody should check out, uh, the Appalachian Not Deer article says, "quote." The Appalachian not deer is a folk cryptid with sightings common in the foothills of Virginia, but they aren't bound to a specific location. Unlike Mothman or the Jersey Devil, not deer seems to be a phenomenon rather than one creature. Sightings typically occur at night or in the early evening or morning when visibility is low. Most people describe the not deer's appearance to be uncomfortable because it so closely resembles a deer, but, well, also not. Each sighting is different, but some have described them as having forward-facing eyes, elongated mouths like dogs or coyotes, claws or hands instead of hooves, and they've stood and walked on two legs instead of four. But the most unsettling thing about them might be that they aren't afraid of humans. Wild deer will actively avoid humans and run away immediately if they ever cross, cross, if they ever cross paths with a person. But not deer don't exhibit the fear that is so integral to how we understand deer behavior. They're also said to make strange noises and move with uncomfortable jerking motions, which adds to the un- the herky jerky walk. <laughs> the herky jerky walk. Nope. Like, which adds to the uncanny behavior. So yeah, 
That sounds like something I would not want nope. to. Maybe let's no. not go to any woods when we go up north. Let's just like let's check stay out, in our car. Stay in our car. <laughs> the so, Paulding light's going to have to come to us. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I don't want to see a knot deer. I no. do not want to see a knot deer or hide behind for that matter. Nope, nope. Deer woman? I don't know. She sounds cute. <laughs> and I'm generally like, a, I don't know if I'd spend the night, quote unquote, in her lodge, uh-huh. but I would, I'd hang with her and have tea. Sure. Uh, a Medium.com article from May 6, 2022 called Cryptid Hunt, the Knot Deer says, quote, the knot deer is larger than a normal deer. Their bodily proportions more similar to that of a moose, and they are capable of reaching incredibly fast speeds up to 30 miles an hour. They have forward-facing predator eyes and have been seen walking on their hind legs. People who have encountered the knot deer reported that they seem to possess a higher level of intelligence than other animals. They're capable of reasoning and making choices based on conscious thought rather than animal instinct. Weirdest of all, they aren't afraid of humans. Witnesses have reported that upon encountering the knot deer, whether while driving down the road at night or taking a hike through the woods, the animal faced them down rather than running away. Strangely, though, it doesn't seem to have any malicious intent despite its intimidating appearance. I wasn't able to find any reports of a person being attacked by one. Of course, there may be a rational explanation for the knot deer. The most popular theory is that, and this is like the popular theory, is that knot deer is actually just a normal a deer, a normal a normal deer that was afflicted with chronic wasting disease, mm. or as it's sometimes called, zombie deer disease, mm. which is a horrible sounding name. Yeah. I don't ever want to be a deer and experience that. No, I think you're good. You probably won't have that happen. I hope not. CWD <laughs> is, a fa- is a fatal neurological illness that is commonly seen in North American deer, elk, and moose. It is a transmissible disease that occurs when misfolded proteins or prions are introduced into the animal's system. For reference, it's very similar to mad cow disease and Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease, which can afflict humans. There is no treatment currently available. Currently, the disease can take up to two years to kill the host, leaving the animal to suffer a slow and painful death. Visual signs of CWD include emaciation, decreased social interaction with other deer, loss of fear of humans, and loss of awareness. These are all in line with what people have described after seeing the knot deer, except, of course, for walking on hind legs. Yeah, that's kind of weird. So that's the knot deer. Hmm. Doesn't sound lovely. No. Doesn't Uh, sound like something I want to encounter. No. Here are a bunch of stories about the knot deer. From Reddit. Personal account. I live in Waynesboro, Virginia for about five years, less than 10 miles to the BRP North Entrance, Skyline Drive South Entrance. I don't know what that is. I used to take bike rides along SD all the time and always kept a year-long membership. Only in the day, though, just to frame the story. One night, I was having a particularly hard time settling in for bed, so I decided to start up the bike and ride up the first overlook on Skyline, only about a mile inside the park. It was around 11 p.m. when I got up there, and it was pitch black. I killed the bike and got immediately uncomfortable. I'm not a guy that gets spooked in the dark. Truthfully, I prefer the dark in most situations. You can see people before they can see you. You are practically invisible unless someone is looking for you, and I find the natural privacy comforting. Not up there, though. It was a thick, oppressive darkness, worse than anything I experienced outside of a cave, and worse than any moonless night on the Appalachian Trail. I immediately got hinked out big time. Hinked. I know. I love the word hinked. There's nothing up here besides wildlife, I reassured myself internally. I had my 44 mag revolver from when I lived slash hiked in the Pacific Northwest 
bear country and all that jazz tucked into my holster, so I knew I'd definitely outmatch anything that could be up there, two-legged snakes included. <laughs> so I sat in the dark, leaning against the bike for a while and looking at the few lights I could see in the valley below. I managed about 10 minutes before I physically felt the hair rise on the back of my neck. I spent time in Iraq, and I remembered that precise feeling, the feeling that someone was watching me, something Ugh. bad was coming. It was the same sensation I would get before the shooting started somewhere there. I'm no psychic or whatever, but it's a common thing among vets with any time under their belt. Ask them about it. You can feel hateful eyes when they're on you. The overlook was a sheer drop, or nearly so, so I wasn't concerned about anything popping up from that direction, but the mountainside and thick untamed woods were behind me. I started thinking about methed-out dudes creeping the Appalachian Trail, bears, and the like. The trail is no stranger to random violence. Still feeling creeped out, I took a seat, I took a seat high on the waste stone wall that marked the overlook ledge facing the woods. Again, I cannot overemphasize how dark it was. I decided I'd just sit and watch for a bit. I sat in the dark for another 10 minutes or so, anxiety getting worse and worse. I heard a few things, but nothing out of the ordinary for a night in the woods. I decided to head on home since the feeling wasn't going away. Like I said, I had a gun on me, so anything playing games would be in for a big surprise if the games got stupid. Hopping back onto my Suzuki, I started it up and rode off towards the gate. Now, anyone who lives in the country and rides a bike knows that wildlife is crazy active on roads that aren't traveled often at night. Being nighttime and the park being technically closed, I had to ride around a gate to get in. There were no other vehicles on the road at all. I hadn't seen a single person since I left Waynesboro. The speed limit was 30 miles an hour, but I clipped along at 15 miles an hour to keep an eye out for deer and wildlife. It wouldn't do me any good to mess myself up in a wreck, only to lay there all night till someone happened across me in the morning. Then I saw it. The term, almost deer, is really fitting, but not quite accurate. It was like a deer that someone who had never seen a deer drew, but only after someone else described it to them. Oh, that's weird. It stood on the left side of the road, and I saw the eyes long before my headlights showed the rest of the body. It was big, easily the biggest deer I've ever seen, and the lack of any horns that time in the year suggested to me that it was a doe. The head was almost bovine in shape, but fixed to a deer's frame. The legs seemed too long in proportion to the body, and the body was extremely barrel-chested. I've always been creeped out by malformed wildlife, and this was no exception. Unfortunately, I had to get it to move or risk passing within a few feet of it. I was not traveling another 30-plus miles up the road in the other direction to leave through another gate in the middle of the night, and I wasn't getting close to it. Dangers of it spooking and running into the side of my cruiser aside, I didn't want to get near it at all. Stopping and putting my feet down about 30 feet away from it, I tried to frighten it away. I flashed my beams down to low and back to high. Nothing. I revved the engine. Nothing. I honked the horn. Nada. Resting the bike on the kickstand, I left it idling and hopped off. I yelled at the thing, and it just stood there staring at me. So I started to the side of the road to grab something to throw near the deer thing, hoping to spook it that way. As soon as I crossed to the other lane, the thing rose up onto its hind legs. I froze, putting my hand on my gun. I wasn't about to get charged by an angry, confused, malformed doe. It took, it took two strange, jerky, unnatural steps towards the center of the lane on two legs and froze again, staring directly at me. It suddenly shook its head wildly like a dog with a toy, then took another short step, and then it hopped on two legs several times until it disappeared into the darkness on the right side of the road. That's so weird. <sighs> I stepped back to the bike, mounted it, kicked up the kickstand, and turned the light towards the side of the road. On that side, there was a sheer drop-off, about 75 to 80 degrees compared to the roadway, and the thing's head was just peeking over the edge, still staring at me. 
The drop-off was about 40 to 50 feet, so there's no way this thing was standing at the base of the mountainside. That's weird. I cracked the throttle and got the hell out of there. So it was like hovering? I, that's or... what it sounds like. That's weird. I cracked the throttle and got the hell out of there. Rolled, rode wildlife be damned. I never went back on Skyline Drive at night alone after that. One time was enough. There are things we don't understand out there or things that just visit for a while. Whatever it was, it wasn't from around these here parts in Hilltalk. It can go back to wherever it came from and stay there. Ugh. No? No. Let me know if you see any on your drive today. Okay. Up north. We'll probably see plenty of deer. <laughs> but hopefully not. <laughs> not hopefully not you don't deer. see any not deer. <laughs> next article or next, uh, next story from someone on Reddit. Hi, George in here. I live at the foothill, the foothills of the Appalachian Mountains, halfway in between Chattanooga and Atlanta, and sometimes my family takes trips to the mountains. One day up there, me and my cousin wanted to go cruising around to just take in the views, and it was getting late, around 8 o'clock or so, so we started to head back. Well, close back to our cabin, we see a deer on the side of the road, so we slow down. And then as we get close, it walks in the road pretty close to being straight ahead of us. So I hit the brakes and then the deer stands up and starts walking around on its back legs. And now me and him are freaking out because that's crazy. We've been out in nature with animals our whole lives. I grew up being a minute away from Pine Mountain living out on the lake, but I've never seen anything like this. It just looks so wrong. Its joints, its joints didn't move right and it had arms, not front legs and upper half like a human except for the head. Wow, that's weird. We gassed it around those mountain curves and just kept going. We didn't even want to stop at the cabin because we didn't want to stop moving. Well, that sounds totally different than what other people are describing. It does, but it still it still sounds like the, the standing on the hind legs. Yeah. But this almost sounded more arms. like a human with a deer head. <laughs> that's weird. So, another story. Late night, a friend of mine, my boyfriend and I, were on our way back into town from a little... Or, or, last night, a friend of mine, my boyfriend and I, were on our way back into town from a little day trip. We were on the highway at around midnight, and we see a creature that looked like it was a deer, but it also looked like it was human. So it was like a human with some deer features. It wasn't one of us hallucinating, because when my boyfriend asked what it was, he saw my friend and said that it was a not-deer. We didn't see it up close, nor did we stop to find it. My boyfriend sped up to make sure that the not-deer couldn't catch up to us, because something about those unnerved him to the core. A not-deer can't catch us going 80 miles an hour, right? That was somewhere in the northern half of Kentucky. Somebody else writes, I only ran into the not-deer once, and that was about a mile away from my own home on a gravel road that cuts through some forest fields and goes right near Goose Creek, South Carolina. From that exact point on, the trail the not-deer slinked out from between a cluster of trees, and the trees shouldn't have been... The trees were, like, too close for... Like too close, like a super, you know how this looks like in the woods where you have like a super close grouping of trees mm -hmm. that you shouldn't be able to get through that said that this where the not deer came out from and it had giant branching antlers. Mm. So they said it makes no sense right. that it came out from this place. It had giant branching antlers, the kind you never see in real life because they get broken during mating season or the bucks get shot during hunting season. They seemed more like crowns or swords than anything else. Whatever this thing was, it felt like part of the forest, enraged and vicious, but still familiar. And then it looked at us and then hopped away into the trees and bushes and left me to continue my walk home. So, I don't know. So, but one of the most common theories about it is that it is a deer that has chronic wasting yeah. disease. Because yeah. a lot of the symptoms of that do sound. They do. It uh, lines up. Yeah. And here's some skeptical stuff from Reddit. Somebody writes, I've seen quite a few deer on hind legs. Usually they're trying to get apples out of the tree 
or in some instances, I've seen does fighting with their front legs while standing on their hind legs. They do have good balance and can be standing up for a minute or two. As far as acting off, well, deer are weird. There's one I see regularly that'll freak out at the slightest noise or movement, but a semi-truck blowing out its tire on the highway, he doesn't bat an eye. (laughs) Somebody else writes, I feel like all these descriptions of not deer describe them like people who have not seen a lot of deer before. It's super common for them to stare right at you to see what you're going to do before they start running. My dog was That's bark- very yeah. true. My dog was barking at a baby tree once and its mom came and she growled at my dog sounding like a dog herself. Deer can just be weird. We have a lot of deer in our neighborhood here. Yeah. And they've gotten very close, or very used to humans. Yeah. So you can actually get pretty close to When I was uh, last... Was it last weekend? Two weekends ago, I was out at the school forest, the campground that our school uses, hiding geocaches for our students. And I was, it was, I was out actually out there at sunrise. I like the lake was like I saw the sun sunrise mm, over the lake because they have a path that goes to Lake Michigan, and I it was so 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 beautiful. But I'm like walking through the woods, figuring out where I'm going to hide this stuff. And all of a sudden I, I look and there's like literally a deer standing about 10 feet away from me looking at me. And I jumped. Like it freaked me out. And then it went running. But I mean, I, was, super quiet. I was relatively close to it. Hmm. So yeah. I think it was just seeing what I was doing. Mm-hmm. But it, it does happen. I mean, they, they do scamper away, but sometimes they'll just kind of check you out first. Somebody else on Reddit writes, birth defects do happen. And I just read some studies on heel fractures and deers. They can certainly look jacked up to the casual observer. It's surprising how many deer are found with healed fractures or even serious injuries. So I got to take all this with a grain of salt without any real evidence. As often as they get hit by cars and during hunting seasons, you think we'd have some tangible evidence of a not deer, mm-hmm. which is true, just like Bigfoot. Yeah. As far as behavior, absolutely. Neurological disease can cause any number of, of uh, strange behaviors and CWD isn't the only one out there. Besides, deer just do plenty of weird stuff naturally anyway. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And somebody else writes, wouldn't this just be a skinwalker? And somebody responds to that saying, a hallmark of skinwalkers is mimicking voices to lure you into the wilderness. I've never heard of not deer making any sound. And then somebody else replies, skinwalkers also mimic voices to get inside your house. They pretend to sound and look like your family and ask you to let them in, which is true because we've talked about that. Yeah, I don't like that. So people think that not deer are different from skinwalkers Mm -hmm. or crawlers or whatever. There's so many different, there's so many like cryptids popping up all the time lately. Mm So I don't know. What do you think? What do you think of not deer? Do you think it's just regular? Some of the stories are creepy though. Well, and some people are describing something that's not consistent with just like a, you know, chronic wasting disease or a malformation. I mean, the jerky walk I can get, especially if they've had fractures. But a deer with human arms. (laughs) A deer deer with human arms is a little different. (laughs) I feel like you can't explain. No, that's a little harder to just write off as CWD. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and some of these are creepypastas, I'm sure. sure. There's yes. a lot of arguments where like people are convinced that this is a this was a creepypasta that started on the no sleep it Reddit group. Yeah. You know, people have said I'm the one that kind of wrote this and started the not deer thing, but then mm-hmm. other people who have lived in the Appalachian area said no, these have been around since I was a kid. This is a legitimate thing. Like it not sounds deer. like folklore. It does, but there's a lot of stories out there from people who have run into the not deer. Mm-hmm. You know, ones that are weirder than the ones I have on here. So I don't know. There's just such, this one is hard because there's such a discrepancy between the people that say it's a creepypasta and the people say, no, I've heard about this since I was a kid back in the 50s and 60s. But I mean, think of how many people who have claimed to see the, crap, what is he called? 
uh, the tall guy. Slenderman. (laughs) Slenderman. The the tall guy. Yeah, Slenderman. Yeah. Even though we know that's a creepypasta, people claim to have seen it. Yeah, then, you know, I I wanted to talk about Slenderman in here and I totally forgot. But Mm -hmm. is that like a Tulpa situation again where so many people believe believe in this thing that it actually manifests into reality and that could be what's going on with the not deer Mm -hmm. personally i think they're just deer that have that's kind of where i lean but if i ever see a deer with like human arms i'm out that's a little different i'm out and lastly going into our next story somebody writes on reddit the not deer could be a connection to the wendigo stories of the great lakes region and then then the deer lady is also described as a malevolent spirit who sometimes sends out Wendigos. So the oh. next creature we're going to talk about is the Wendigo. Nice. And that's a big one we've here. We've never talked about the Wendigo? I don't think so. I think we've mentioned it in passing, okay. but we have never. And that's like a huge one here. Yes. There's something interesting that I didn't even know that we're going to get to in a bit. I think at the end of, yeah, at the end of this. You should look in this monsters book to see. I feel like everything we talk about must be in there in some shape or form. You know what I came across, like looking up this stuff that I want to do, like a, at least talk about is squonk. Yeah, like, I adore squonk. I mean, we've talked, we mentioned like, squonk. He's like my favorite cryptid. The squonkster. He's wanna, in that book. I just want to hug him. So now we get to Wendigos, and that's a big one in this area. Mm-hmm. Wendigos are mythological creatures or evil spirits originating from the folklore of Plains and Great Lakes Native Americans, as well as some First Nations, which are the indigenous people of Canada. It is based in and around the East Coast forests of Canada, the Great Plains region of the United States, and the Great Lakes region of the United States and Canada, so in our neck of the woods. Mm -hmm. And you know what Manitowoc has? Do you know what Manitowoc has? Isn't there a festival? Yeah, Wendigo Fest. According to the legendofamericas.com site, in an article called, quote, Wendigo, Flesh Eaters of the Forest, that's lovely, the article says, Delightful. This creature may appear as a monster with some human characteristics or as a spirit who has possessed a human being and made them monstrous. It is historically associated with cannibalism, murder, and insatiable greed. Known by several different names, such as the Windigo, Witigo, Witiko, and Weetigo, hmm. each roughly translates to, quote, the evil spirit that devours mankind. This creature has long been known among the Algonquin Ojibwe, Eastern Cree, and several other Native American groups. They have described them as giants, many times larger than human beings. Although descriptions can vary somewhat, common to all these cultures is the view that the Wendigo is a malevolent, cannibalistic, supernatural being strongly associated with winter, the north, coldness, famine, and starvation. The Algonquin legend describes the creature as, quote, a giant with a heart of ice. Sometimes it is thought to be entirely made of ice. Its body is skeletal and deformed with missing lips and toes. Yuck. Chris is frowning. Mm-hmm. The Ojibwe describe it as, quote, It was a large creature, as tall as a tree, with a lipless mouth and jagged teeth, by most accounts about 15 feet tall. Its breath was a strange hiss, its footprints full of its footprints full of blood, and it ate any man, woman, or child who ventured into its territory, and those were the lucky ones. Sometimes the Wendigo chose to possess a person instead, and then that luckless individual became a Wendigo himself, hunting down those he had once loved and feasting upon their flesh. Yikes. Basil Johnson, an Ojibwe teacher and scholar, writes, quote, the Wendigo was gaunt to the point of emaciation, its desiccated skin pulled tautly over its bones. 
With its bones pushing out against its skin, its complexion the ash gray of death, and its eyes pushed back deep into its sockets, the Wendigo looked like a gaunt skeleton recently disinterred from the grave. That's the (laughs) description I'm most familiar with. Yeah, yep. What lips it had were tattered and bloody. Its body was unclean and suffering from suppurations of the flesh, giving off a strange and eerie odor of decay and decomposition of death and corruption. Sounds lovely. Mm -hmm. According to the legends, a Wendigo is created whenever a human resorts to cannibalism to survive. In the past... (laughs) Does this happen a lot? (laughs) It it does. I mean, it does. It does happen. Uh, Not a lot, I don't think. But in the past, it has happened. Look Mm -hmm. at that. The soccer, the plane with the soccer players that had to eat the dead to survive... You know, there's mm-hmm. there there are stories, especially back in those days, of stories of people having to eat to survive. Mm-hmm. You know, they couldn't just go to Quick Trip and get the, you know, the roller double dog, get the double cheeseburger. The egg you know, rolls. like if, yeah, like sometimes, especially in the winter in the or north, they didn't have cell phones or satellite. Yeah, phones to call in the for north, help, yeah. in the winter, sometimes somebody died and you had to do what you had to do. Yeah, you know. In the past, this occurred more often when Indians and settlers found themselves stranded in the bitter snows and ice of the North Woods. Sometimes stranded for days, survivors might have felt compelled to cannibalize the dead to survive. Other versions of the legend cite that a Wendigo might also possess humans who display extreme greed, gluttony, and excess. Thus, the myth served as a method of encouraging cooperation and moderation. This is like the Deer Woman, where it's, it has like a basis in morality. Like, if you're gluttonous and you take more food than you know, the other mm-hmm. people get. Then your fair share or whatever. Then the, you're going to be your Wendigo. Like it, 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 this has a tie-in with morality, kind of like the yeah. deer woman did with, with wayward men. Native American versions of the creature spoke of a gigantic spirit over 15 feet tall that had once been human, but had been transformed into a creature by magic. Though the descriptions of the creature vary slightly, the Wendigo is generally said to have glowing eyes, long yellowed fangs, terrible claws, and overly long tongues. Sometimes they are described as having sallow, yellowish skin, and other times they are covered with matted hair. The creature is said to have several skills and powers, including stealth, is a near-perfect hunter, knows and uses every inch of its territory, and can somehow control the weather through dark magic. Maybe mm. that's why it was snowing and I couldn't get down here. It's probably a Wendigo. <laughs> They are also portrayed as as being both gluttonous and yet emaciated from starvation. Wendigos are said to be cursed to wander the land, eternally seeking to fulfill their voracious appetite for human flesh, and if there is nothing left to eat, it starves to death. According to a July 21st, 2022 article on All That Is Interesting called, quote, What is the Wendigo? Meet the cannibalistic cryptid of your nightmares. The article says... Different versions of the Wendigo legend say different things about his speed and agility. Some claim he is unusually fast and can endure walking for long periods of time, even in harsh winter conditions. Others say he walks in a more haggard manner, as if he is falling apart. But speed won't be a necessary skill for a monster of this nature. Unlike other terrifying carnivores, the Wendigo doesn't rely on pursuing his prey in order to capture and eat it. Rather, one of his creepiest traits is his ability to mimic human voices. Mm. So that's kind Mm -hmm. of like a skinwalker. So skinwalkers and wendigos kind of have some some overlap. He uses this skill to lure people in and draw them away from civilization. Once they're isolated in the desolate depths of the wilderness, he attacks them and then feasts on their remains. The Algonquin people say that during the turn of the 20th century, a large number of their people went missing. 
The tribes attributed many of the mysterious disappearances to the Wendigo, thus calling him the Spirit of Lonely Places. Another rough translation of the name Wendigo is the evil spirit that devours mankind. This translation is related to yet another version of the Wendigo that has the power to curse humans by possessing them. Once he has infiltrated their minds, he can turn them into Wendigos as well, instilling upon them a similar lust for human flesh. One of the most infamous cases is the story of Swift Runner, a Native American man who murdered and ate his whole family during the winter of 1879. According to Animal Planet, Swift Runner claimed to be possessed by a Wendigo spirit at the time of the murders, but he was still hung for his crimes. The vast majority of supposed Wendigo sightings happened between the 1800s and 1920s. A few reports pop up, though, since then. I feel like using the Wendigo as like your excuse yeah. for murdering people is not going to go over well. <laughs> no, no, it's probably not going to fly, uh-uh. you know. But every so often, an alleged sighting does emerge. Most recently in 2019, mysterious howls in the Canadian wilderness led some people to question whether they were caused by the infamous man-beast. One hiker who was present said, quote, I've heard many different animals in the wild, but nothing ever like this. Interestingly enough, there are even a couple of lakes today named after the beast, including a Lake Windigo in Minnesota and a Windigo Lake in Wisconsin. I didn't know we had a Windigo mm-hmm. Lake. Atlas Obscura, beware the Win- Atlas uh, Atlas Obscura has an article called quote, "Beware the Windigo, the frostbitten flesh eater of North America's chilly heartland." Uh, in this one, they kind of get into the Swift Runner thing. The article says, quote, It was just after the winter of 1878 to 1879 in Alberta, Canada. A Cree man named Swift Runner, who was known and well-liked in town, returned from his winter camp without his family behaving strangely. He said that they had died of starvation, even though he looked pretty fit and healthy for a man who had survived a winter that killed the other nine members of his family. The Northwest Mounted Police decided to check in on him. What they found was a camp strewn with human bones. Some of the bones gnawed. Swift Runner confessed what the academic world calls anthropophagy, and the rest of us just call cannibalism. He said that he'd been having strange dreams and that a spirit told him to eat his family, which included his wife, brother, mother, and six children. The spirit said, eat people, especially children. So it said, it said that he's, he'd gone Wendigo. It was a harsh winter, but it wasn't an eat-your-family kind of harsh winter. Swift Runner even admitted that he killed and ate one of his sons, the last of his family to die, just so that there would be no witnesses to his crimes. Oh that is horrible. Yeah, Holy that sounds cow. like someone who went crazy. Swift Runner was hung for the ghastly murders in December 1879 at Fort Saskatchewan. Is this the same story you mentioned yeah, earlier? Okay. Yeah. In modern times, pop culture has gentled the Wendigo into a winter spirit, often depicted as either a humanoid deer with antlers or a ghostly creature with a deer or elk skull for a head, terrifying in its own way if witnessed on a snowy, a snowy night in the woods. Meanwhile, states next to Canada that all states. Ugh. Meanwhile, states next to Canada that also know the mental and physical burden of difficult winters annex the Wendigo to their own lore, most notably Minnesota and its neighbor Wisconsin the latter of which has made inroads into making the claim official. Stoughton, Wisconsin, where we talk about all the time, mm-hmm. is the home of a restaurant called Wendigo, which features a cannibal burger on its menu that's stuffed with tenderloin and bacon. I have, I, We've been there how many times? I don't remember I've ever seeing a, a restaurant called Wendigo. No, I think there's a whole area of Stoughton we've never seen, though. So when we go to see Vicky, yeah. we should check out, we should go to Wendigo. We should. And see if we can get a t-shirt from, have a cannibal burger. I, yeah, I never knew that. I was like, wow, Stoughton, Wisconsin is like a weird, like second home for us, kind yeah. of. 
Also, every October, the town of Manitowoc, Wisconsin, my hometown, has a Wendigo Fest, a Halloween celebration with haunted attractions, panels with horror movie stars, a spooky parade, live music, and sideshows. Why have we never done this? I've, I, just, I don't do fests, you know? I mean, I think you and I could just go uh, yeah. to go. Not... Yeah. yeah, but I don't even like crowded stuff like that. A couple years ago, was it last year, two years Where ago? Where is it held? Just downtown Manitowoc. Okay. Uh, two years ago, I think it was, like the, the main panel guy was one of the actors from The Walking Dead. Hmm. And, and really? Yeah. He played, I can't remember the guy's name. I can't remember his name. But it was one of the one of the characters from The Walking like Dead. Like a main character? Not a super main character, like a secondary character. Sure. But then I think two years, two years they had, oh, now I'm drawing another blank. And I actually just watched uh, Kane Hodder. Kane Hodder, who portrayed Jason in a bunch of the Friday oh, the 13th movies. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, it's that's kind of a... cool. And there is a Wendigo paranormal group. Okay. That, that's the one that uh, Kristen, who dated Aaron for a while that I was friends with, we went to Vicky's. A co- you know, she she wanted to check out, you know... Oh, she's she was in that group? Up, she, She's the one that passed away a couple months ago. Oh, yeah. It was okay. actually during Wendigo Fest. They were preparing. They were... I think... I think last year it was held at the old fairgrounds, like in the buildings there, but they were preparing the stage to do a presentation and she just collapsed and and it sucked because like I was, we were just messaging like two weeks before she passed away because she wanted to talk to me about how we got so many listeners for our podcast because they were trying to promote their ghost hunting group. Hmm. And I said, honestly, I don't know. By accident? (laughs) I don't know. But it's just, it it, it was weird. Like all of a sudden I'm seeing rest in peace, Kristen. And I'm like, I was literally just talking to her, hmm. but it was during Wendigo Fest that that she collapsed and died. Uh, but it's kind of a big thing in Manitowoc, just like Sputnik. I want to check Sputnik it out. Fest. I'll deal with the crowds just because you know, it's all paranormal stuff. I know Sophie and Adam wanted to come for Sputnik Fest too. Mm. You know they have everybody's dressed like aliens. They dress the big cow at Cedar Crest yep. in alien outfits. There's Miss Space debris, like the beauty pageant Miss Space debris. So Sputnik Fest and Wendigo Fest, but there's a lot of hate towards Wendigo Fest from people because they're saying that you're promoting something that you shouldn't promote. And some people believe that like saying the name Wendigo will cause it to mm. pay attention to you. And then you have Wendigo Fest where this is like a celebration. So, you know, like, like super religious people call it a celebration of evil and they want it banned and yeah. stuff. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Wendigo thing is kind of a big, the Wendigo Fest is kind of a big thing in Manitowoc. But Stoughton, we got to check out Wendigo yeah. Restaurant. Agreed. Um there's a bunch of stories. I think I only have a couple here, but there's like a whole subreddit about Wendigo stories. One of the stories I found came from the awesome site that I go to quite a bit called Wisconsin Frights. It's about mm. like local haunted places. The article is called A Wendigo Encounter in Manitowoc County. It says, quote, I recently received a distressed email from a man named David W. who, along with his wife, had an encounter with something they could not explain last month in Manitowoc County, Wisconsin. They were hunting in Point Beach State Forest in Two Rivers, and that's where our school campground is. I spend a mm. lot of time up there, actually. They were hunting in Point Beach State Forest in Two Rivers, where they moved only a few months prior, and they were unfamiliar with the area. My wife and I were walking a bridal trail bow hunting in... I know where this is. My wife and I were walking a bridal trail bow hunting in Nipissing Swamps in the Nipissing Swamp State Natural Area, David wrote, when I started to feel like we were being watched. David kept him to himself, kept it to himself, however, and they continued walking the trail until they reached a point where the path branched off to the right and a snowmobile trail went to the left. 
I went to that corner the last few days, but always stopped because I just had an odd feeling about continuing on, David said. They had just moved to Two Rivers a few months ago and weren't familiar with the area. They had just started hunting there a few days prior, and the odd feeling had been enough to convince David to turn back on previous excursions. This time, though, something would convince him to ignore that feeling just to go further. As David and his wife reached the fork, something not far off the trail ran off through the woods. David says, It seemed so big, I felt it in the ground. Believing that it must be a large buck, the couple proceeded down the trail hoping to get a glimpse of it. They found it about 50 yards up where the trail opened into a stand of tall pines. It was behind a tree, and at first it appeared to be a bear standing on its back legs, scratching its back against the tree trunk. David says, It kept stepping to the side, and I could see what looked to be a shoulder and a really long arm, but it looked black, really black. Then it did something funny, almost like it got down on all fours, and I thought I saw what would be its head, but it was very oddly shaped, almost like a football, but horizontal with very long ears pointing up into the back, and I thought that what I, I thought I saw what I believed to be very long, almost grayish hair. David estimated the creature to be about 8 to 10 feet tall, with long, thin, gangly arms. He and his wife watched it briefly, unable to understand what they were looking at. Then it took three large steps and disappeared into the underbrush. They slowly walked towards the tree where the creature had been standing, where they saw large impressions in the ground. David thought maybe it was another hunter dressed in a ghillie suit, though he knew it was way too tall to be human. Hello, he said quietly. There was no response. He called out a few more times, only to get silence back. I'd Dave, be afraid to be like, hello? David, David <laughs> writes, answers you? <laughs> yeah. David writes, we decided we better get out of there because it was starting to get dark and we were both pretty freaked out. All the way back, it felt like somebody was trailing us alongside the trail, keeping us with us as we walked. Nope. About a quarter mile from the road where the vehicle was parked, David and his wife walked from the forest into a field. They saw a deer there standing sideways out in the open. A perfect shot. They had come out to hunt after all. So David raised his bow and knocked an arrow. David says, I used lighted knocks so you can see the trajectory of my arrow. When I shot, you could see that I shot low, and I heard something like my arrow hitting something, but I wasn't sure if I hit the deer or not, so we walked over there and started looking for my arrow, still constantly watching around near us, and we couldn't find my arrow anywhere. Then David spotted the glowing knock about 20 or 30 yards back towards the wood in the path. David says, My arrow was stuck basically vertically in the ground except for leaning the opposite way that I shot it which to me and my wife seems impossible that my arrow could be that way in the ground. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. As they made their way back towards the road to leave, a strong odor filled the air. He writes, I smelled the most horrible smell I've ever smelled in my life, like rot and mud and sulfur, a nasty smell that was just right in my face. His wife smelled it as well and later described it to him as a very strong metallic odor of metal. They hurried back to their vehicle and went home, but that night still haunts David. I'm a very avid bow hunter and have spent most of my life out in the woods. I've never encountered anything like this or have I felt the feeling I felt when I was out there. This experience has left him feeling uneasy about going back out in the woods and is questioning whether or not he will ever go out hunting again. He's hoping to one day find answers. Hmm. And I kind of know where this area is. 
So it's weird. I, I should, mean, I know where I should, Point Beach State Park yeah, is. Yeah, I, I think, well, I know where the bridal trail I think he's talking about is. I should go out there one day and just check it out. At night by yourself. But that's the woods. When I was talking about being in the woods, hiding geocaches, it was kind of part of this area. So I'm lucky I didn't Well, I get, hope there's not a Wendigo walking around watching your the, the students. The thing with this arrow is weird, where the arrow is like... Now your students are going to be all freaked out. I should, no, I should have told them stories about the Wendigo. No, they love they love that stuff. Like I left there, they stayed overnight that night. That's like the first time students have stayed there overnight at Washington School in a long time. And I left at five, of course. I wasn't going to stay out. <laughs> you know, when I told all the students, they were asking me why I didn't stay at night. And I said, I'm getting the heck out of here before dark falls and the skinwalkers come out of the woods. <laughs> and instead of being, you know, they all like, yeah, I want to see some skinwalkers. They all like love that stuff. But that's the area where I saw mm-hmm. the deer. That's where I was. So it's kind of cool that there's a story like in the Manitowoc. Area. Yeah, because I always think of the Wendigo being like the North Woods, like yeah. up north. Yeah, but Wendigo is like big around Manitowoc. Hmm. And, well, obviously, and there's a whole yeah. festival. Another story from Reddit. Somebody writes, this is still hard for me to wrap my head around because it shook me to my core. But this story takes place just over a year ago in late November 2018. I live in a rural suburb in southeast Wisconsin near a line of woods and ponds. My town is small and everything is silent and dark by 9 o'clock p.m. I tend to walk my dog after dinner and before bed, and my town is pretty safe, so walking her in the dark never fazed me until this. I live in an apartment complex that is at the end of a residential street, so most of the street is older houses. One night I was walking my dog, around 10.30 p.m., I think, when I saw something on the front lawn of one of these houses. They didn't have a light on their front porch, so most of their lawn was dark, but with lights from the surrounding houses, I could see a figure standing in the middle of their lawn. It was very tall and skinny, almost as tall as the roof of their ranch house, because even standing in the middle of the front yard, it looked almost as tall as their house. It was standing on its hind legs, but had antlers or some type of tall ears like a bunny, and its arms and legs were abnormally long and stretched to the bone. The moment I saw it, my body froze, and I had that feeling you only get when you're near immediate danger or evil. For context, I love the supernatural, paranormal, and true crime. Yeah, totally. Kindred spirit. We're with you. I lived in a without-a-doubt haunted house, frequently go on after-hours explorations of known haunted spaces, and have seen and experienced many paranormal events. That feeling is undeniable once you are familiar with it. So this tall, lanky creature is standing there, and I can't see its face, but by its positioning, I know that it's also noticed me. My dog, who is normally aware of every living creature from a mile away in a snowstorm, <laughs> is completely that sounds like Lucy, oh, yeah. is completely unaware of this thing's presence. It felt like longer, but it was only a few seconds before this creature jumped straight up into the air, and I mean straight up, not forward, and bounded to the back of the house in three large strides. It didn't make a sound, and the way it jumped and moved was unlike any animal I've ever seen. The closest I would akin it to would be a deer, but it was on its hind legs, but it had the body features of a stretched-out human with antlers or really tall ears. I felt stuck and almost hypnotized by the whole thing, but came to my senses enough to call attention to my dog and turn around and head for home. Behind all of the houses on this side of the street is woods, and some of these trees wrap around between this house and the neighboring houses coming back towards my home. We turned around, my eyes glued to the trees, and when we got to the middle of the houses, I could see two eyes watching me through the two houses. The presence and overall weight of the feeling this whole encounter gave me still sticks with me as clearly as the night it happened. I can remember it so vividly, and I still feel the weight. 
Ever since that night, I've been thinking about it and running through all the possibilities of what it could be, but always coming up with no explanation. It wasn't until about a month ago that I was watching a special on supernatural encounters that I heard about Wendigos. The description fits perfectly, and it made my blood run even colder. I'm fully convinced that what I saw that night had to be a Wendigo. I've made it a point to only walk my dog during the daylight during the summer months, and on the connecting street that is the main road of my town, that is the least, the most lit street, I walk that when I'm coming home from work. Since that night, I haven't had any direct encounters with it, except one event that I'm not sure is related, but it gave me that same feeling of being watched and being f- and being almost felt. I don't know what that means. Across from my apartment complex, there's a small pond surrounded by trees. A few weeks ago, my brother was over and he was outside smoking when he came in quickly and locked the door behind him. I had mentioned my encounter to him when it first happened, but he shrugged it off like most people do and likely didn't give it a second thought. He looked shaken and kept looking through the peephole in my door and not saying anything. He finally got out that he was outside smoking and heard loud dragging and rustling sounds coming from the wooded pond area. He said that he was listening for about a minute and thought he caught a glimpse of something very tall near the tree line. He described it as the sound it would make if someone were dragging a heavy animal or body through rough brush, and he had a feeling of dread and heaviness, like he couldn't look away and was being honed in on by something. Normally, I'm the type of person that would go and look for myself, maybe even walking down to the pond to explore, but this case shuts all of that down. There is something viscerally evil about this creature, and I do not wish to explain it further. I've tried telling people all my life about this, but most people do. None of them really put any stock into it, except my brother now does. I'm of the mind that things beyond our comprehension and everyday scope absolutely do exist, and this is one that I won't be messing around with or going on adventures to see again. Legends and beliefs exist for a reason, and this is one I do not want to mess with. So there you go. That's creepy. Yeah. Uh... Somebody else writes, we just moved to Minnesota and I keep thinking that there is something peeking in at us occasionally. We've even noticed extremely large, seemingly deer tracks that circle the house. Even evidence of marking our gate with excessive urine. You. The tracks seem to step over our standing flower beds that line the windows because the tracks walk right up to and between, not around, and there's no way to go under the beds right under our window line. That's creepy. Like yeah, something, I don't like, like something it. deer-shaped is stepping over. And looking in your windows. Yeah, we just talked about that. I'm often wondering if this thing could be a windigo. And then the person that wrote the original story writes back, I know it's been some years since this was posted. Tonight, my boyfriend let her dog out to use the bathroom, and she's usually very alert and will go after every anything or everything. And tonight, she looked in the direction and then kept going about her business, which again is very abnormal for her. We don't know if the thing we saw was a Wendigo or a skinwalker, but behind one of the trees in our yard, he noticed a deer-like creature that happened to make him very uneasy. He looked at the tree and noticed again this deer-like creature was behind a tree, but would peek out with half of its face and then hide behind the tree again. So that's almost like a hide behind. That's like that's like a not deer, a hide and behind. And a hide behind. Yeah. I don't know if it was just the positioning to make it appear like that, but the peeking was very strange, along with our dog not responding as normal. We are from southeastern Wisconsin in Waukesha County. Hmm. So there you go. Hmm. And then we got one more story. This kind of was what you're talking about, too, with the window. This happened when I was seven years old. I'm sharing it now because my older brother reminded me of it, and now that I'm 24, I still can't get this out of my head. This was very traumatic for me because after this event, a bunch of other things started to happen. This is how it started. Growing up and now, I live in a haunted state, and I live five miles away from the most vicious haunted forest. I, th- I think that this is going to be like like the 
triangle over by uh, Massachusetts in that area, like the woods over the in that area. Water, the bri- yeah, or Pennsylvania in that oh. area. My mom used to tell my brothers and I about what she would hear walking by the forest, that murders sometimes happen there, and about how she used to see puckwudgies. We've talked about puckwudgies. My older brother, 11 at the time, I'll call him D, and I, 7 years old, female, were watching TV in the living room. It was dark outside. It must have been a new moon. If you were sitting on the couch and looked to your right, you would see the glass sliding door, which looked out into the backyard. Mind you, it was an acre lawn, and tall trees lined the perimeter. I was tired and decided to get my ritual glass of milk before bed when I stood up and saw what was glaring at me through the glass door. It was tall, taller than the door. It was skinny in the torso, but its chest was broad. It was white with tall ears. I want to say that it looked like a white version of the rabbit thing from Donnie Darko. (laughs) Have you seen Donnie Darko? Yeah, I don't want to ever see that looking Frank. That was Frank the rabbit. I don't ever want to see that looking (laughs) through my windows. I want to say it looked like the white version of the rabbit thing from Donnie Darko. I was about 15 feet away from the glass door. I froze. It didn't move. It just stood there looking at me. It could not have been anyone else because we lived in the middle of the woods. I started calling my brother's name, but Dee wasn't answering me. I started to get louder, now calling for my mom. Her room was on the other side of the couch, so she was by me in a heartbeat. She looked at the back door, looked over at Dee, and then told me to just go sit back down. I couldn't understand why I was the only one freaking out. I laid on the couch facing away from the glass door. Dee put a blanket on me and we both just fell asleep on the couch. How could you face away from the door? Like put your back? You don't want to see it. Yeah, but you want to turn your back to it? No. Well, in 2021, Dee calls me from jail, which he's been in and out of since I was 13. And this is how the conversation went. Dee says, hey, can I ask you something? I say, what's up? Dee says, do you remember that night? I say, what night? D says, that night where you were freaking out, we were young. Remember that tall, scary-looking thing that was at the back door? I had a dream about it last night, and I wanted to tell you that I saw it that night, too. I was too scared to do anything, and I know Mom saw it, too. Creepy. (laughs) The conversation ended because he only had so much time on the phone. I felt relief that I knew I wasn't just having a schizophrenic hallucination episode, but my body went numb from the memory of being so scared. I told my significant other about it. He's my best friend. My significant other told me that I came face to face with a Wendigo and he and that he wasn't surprised because of the small the small country town I lived in. When I looked up what a Wendigo was, my heart sank because that is what I saw that night. I was doing research about what would happen to you when seeing or interacting with a Wendigo and people start to become greedy or have gluttonous behavior. I remember that as a kid after that experience, I would eat nonstop. I would be greedy about food. I just felt that way after that experience. I became a bad kid. I wasn't a good sister to my brothers. I was more aggressive and guarded of everything. Over time, I got better, but I recently moved back to that same area, and now I've been seeing things and hearing taps at my window at night. Now I think about it every day. It's been a year since I was reminded of it. I believe it still follows me. Somebody writes... Somebody responds, so if you're talking about the creature in the first Donnie Darko movie, Frank, it was a giant rabbit creature he saw. Was the creature you saw rabbit-like? In what way did it resemble that? And then she writes back, it was more of the face that reminded me of the creature from Donnie Darko, but the body of a wolf on its hind legs that was starving and was skin and bones. Yeah. So there you go. Some Wendigo stories. That's another... It's so cre- freaky to me that his, his brother is like, no, I yeah. saw it that night. And he goes, I know for a fact mom saw it too. Yeah. So that's, and was too afraid to say it at the time. Yeah. That's another phenomena that really creeps me out is something knocking on your window or on the side of your house. Yeah. 
anything around the, the roof, the windows, the that. sides of the house, yeah. from the basement. You just don't want to hear anything, You're basically. You're supposed to feel safe in your house. Yes. And this, the idea that something is out there trying to come in is really creepy. That's very disconcerting. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, lastly, the legend leads its name to the disputed modern medical term Wendigo psychosis. Some psychiatrists consider it a syndrome that creates an intense craving for human flesh and a fear of becoming a cannibal. Ironically, this psychosis occurs in people living around the Great Lakes of Canada and the United States. Wendigo psychosis usually develops in the winter in individuals isolated by heavy snow for long periods of time. The initial symptoms are poor appetite, nausea, and vomiting. Subsequently, the individual develops a delusion of being transformed into a Wendigo monster. People who have Wendigo psychosis increasingly see others around them as being edible. At the same time, they have an exaggerated fear of becoming cannibals. This is a medical thing? <laughs> it's, it says widely disputed. So okay, it is kind you. of a medical thing, but Wendigo, Wendigo psychosis? Weird. Yeah. I've never heard of that. No. I don't want it. No. <laughs> We'll make sure we don't move somewhere too isolated and secluded in the winter. Yeah, no. And lastly, because the other ones were kind of creepy, we're getting to one that I've always wanted to talk about because I think this one is just bizarre and I think this one is actually fun. This is my guy, Sam the Sandown Clown. Okay. Never heard of it? Nope. I don't like clowns though, so, so here we go. So most of this, most of the, almost all of this, this is like the only place that there's people that have done podcasts about it. There's websites about it. But this solely came from the January, February 1978 issue of the Buffon Journal, which is the British UFO Research Association's journal. So this is 1978's journal. So this is this is the entire article taken from it. So this comes from Sandown. It's a Sandown is in England. Okay. The article, or the, the article in the journal says, quote, I love this story. I just think this one is so weird. It says, quote, Faye, or so we shall call her, was near Lake Common, Sandown, on a Tuesday afternoon around four o'clock with a boy about her own age, when they both heard a weird wailing noise, not unlike an ambulance siren. They followed it across the golf links and through a hedge leading to a swampy meadow adjacent to the little used Sandown airport. The noises ceased. As they were crossing a wooden footbridge over a narrow stream, a blue-gloved hand appeared from underneath the bridge and a strange figure emerged. The figure fumbled around with what looked like a book, dropped it in the water, then splashed around in the water trying to retrieve it. The two then watched this figure leave the water and enter a metallic hut, similar to those used on building sites, except it had no windows. It moved along with a strange hopping motion with knees raised high. The children wandered off and were over 50 yards away when the figure, which from now on we will be referring to as a he, reappeared carrying a black knobbed microphone with a white cord attached. The wailing noise immediately returned, this time being so loud that the boy was scared and started to run away. The noise ceased and the being spoke into the microphone, and although so far off, the children could hear his voice as clearly as though he was right near them. Hello, are you still there? he asked. And in response to what sounded like a friendly tone, they ventured close enough to speak to the oddly attired person. 
He was nearly seven feet tall and had no neck, for his head appeared to be wedged straight onto his shoulders. He wore a yellow-pointed hat, which interlocked with the red collar of a green tunic. A round black knob was affixed to the top of his hat, and wooden antenna were attached to either side. The face had triangular markings for eyes, a brown square of a nose, and motionless yellow lips. Other round markings were on his paper-white cheeks, and a fringe of red hair fell onto his forehead. Wooden slats protruded from his sleeves and from below his white trousers. His first communication was in writing. He wrote in a notebook by he wrote in a notebook in a large hand. You mean after he talked to them through the microphone? Yeah. Okay. He wrote in a notebook in a large hand. The boy was hesitant, but Faye read each word as it was pointed to. This was necessary because the words were not laid out in conventional sequence. So he wrote words out of sequence and pointed to them. What he had written were the words, quote, Hello, and I am all colors, Sam. I don't know. Hello, and I am all colors, Sam. The children ventured closer and discovered that the creature could talk without the, age of, without the aid of a microphone, although his lips did not move and his speech was unclear, rather like that of a person who does not open his mouth properly. He asked the children about themselves, so they ventured to, answer, to ask him questions too. They asked about his clothes, which were all ripped, and he told them he only had one set, so he could only wear those. Because of his strange white features, they asked if he was really a man. The answer was a chuckled no. They also asked if he was a ghost. His vague reply was, quote, Well, not really, but I am in an odd sort of way. What are you then, they asked. They only obtained the answer, you know, with no further explanation. You know? Yeah. Okay. He also said he had no name. There were others like himself, though, and he drew a rough sketch of one of them. He also confided that he was frightened of people and was scared that they might hurt him. Apparently, if attacked, he would not fight back. At his invitation, the children crawled through a flap into his hut, which contained two levels. <laughs> Krista's shaking this, her head. This has stranger danger written all over so it. It's funny because so many articles that like, I read about this are like, if a weird clown thing ever invites you into his hut don't in the do middle it. of the woods, don't yeah, no. do it. Yeah, at his invitation, the children crawled through a flap into his hut, which contained two levels. The lower level had plenty of headroom and was wallpapered in blue-green and covered with a pattern of dials. It also had an electric heater and simple wooden furniture. The upper level was less spacious and the floor was metallic. He told the children that he fed upon berries, which he collected in the late afternoon. He didn't say where, but did indicate that he had a camp on the mainland he could go to. He also said that the water from the river could be drunk once he had cleaned it. Once inside the hut, he removed his hat to reveal round white ears and sparse brown hair. This part, this part is weird. Before eating, this a, part is weird. Well, the whole thing. <laughs> Before eating a berry, he performed an odd trick. He placed the berry in his ear, thrust his head forward, and caused the berry to disappear and then reappear in one of his odd eyes. Repeating the process again, the berry then traveled to his mouth. I don't know. Okay. A possible explanation could be that he was wearing some kind of protective mask and was analyzing the berry to check if it was poisonous. Sure. The children talked to this strange being for half an hour or more. Then after saying goodbye, they rushed across the golf links to tell the first man they met that they'd seen a ghost. He merely laughed. But the children were convinced of their experience and that the being was either a ghost or someone dressed up. 
Faye told her father. Say, I'm sorry. Did it say that he had wooden slats for yeah, hands? Yeah, I don't legs like coming out of. I don't understand that. Okay. I, that Faye told her father of a, of her experience some three weeks. Some ugh. Faye told her father of her experience some three weeks later on June second, nineteen seventy three. At first, he found the story quite unbelievable, but was amazed at the detailed account and Faye's certainty to its truth. She was quite upset when he suggested that she'd made it up or invented it. He'd also met with the boy, but found him not easy to communicate with, although he did get a statement from him verifying that he'd seen the creature too. Apart from make-believe, other possibilities considered include a shared hallucination or a deliberate hoax by someone. There was such an extraordinary amount of detail, however, which included the further point that the creature only had three fingers on each blue-gloved hand and three toes on his bare white feet, making a deliberate hoax somewhat difficult. And indeed, why go through all that trouble? Faye's father tell me that although bizarre, certain elements of the story rang true to him, and he also took account of the possibility of some connection with his own previous experiences witnessing UFOs. Summing up, he says, quote, I get the impression that Faye was somehow taken into a bubble of alien reality created by the strange personages. Personage. Personage. That's a weird word. <laughs> also, Faye told me that while they were talking to this creature, two workmen nearby were repairing a post. They paid no attention to the, re- the weird creature as if they could not see it. Hmm. Her father visited the spot but could find no metal hut anywhere in sight nor indication of one ever being there. So that is a story of Sam, the Sandown Clown. Like something that only the kids could see, including the yeah. hut? Yeah. And the only place that this really appeared was that Buffon UFO. And I mean, they're kind of a reputable, mm-hmm. you, you know, research. Weird. It wasn't the April issue, so it wasn't an April Fool's thing. <laughs> yeah. Huh. But that is, that is, I like the putting the, the berry in his ear moving his head forward Comes and it shows eyeball. up in his eyes then moving his head forward again and it shows up in his mouth. Interesting parlor trick. So some stuff about this, some quotes about this from Reddit and from websites. Somebody writes this and I, I really like this actually. On Reddit, somebody writes, great case. There are some really interesting elements of this case which are very similar to those reported by ufologist John Keel and numerous experiencers of the phenomenon over the years but which are unlikely to have come from the children as they do not accord with our cultural assumptions about extraterrestrials and its nature. I wrote a much longer observation, but here are some salient points, main points. The encounter with a being was preceded by an ambulance siren type sound, and this reoccurred before the being actually communicated with them. This appears to be a Doppler effect, which may indicate an unseen physical UFO craft moving in relation to the observer or the subjective perception of a phase shift between two EM frequencies. Hmm. Sometimes this appears with alien abductions, but sometimes this Doppler effect sound appears with sleep paralysis, too. Hmm. Some people that experience sleep paralysis claim to hear this sound that's almost like a siren decreasing and increasing in pitch i've never heard of that no and it's weird that that's what the kids like the kids would have had no idea that this was kind of a thing with alien abductees or alien encounters or sleep paralysis is this weird ambulance like sound Mm -hmm. then he writes the encounter appears to occur in an altered subjective state or in a phase shifted frame of reality where the unfolding events are not witnessed by other nearby observers as if somehow removing the observers from the local space-time frame, similar to what theorized happens with UFO encounters, like the the workers not being able to see the guy. Mm -hmm. The encounter then becomes seemingly more physical with an actualized being emerging into our reality and communicating with the observers. 
The being's actions suggest it does not experience space-time as we do. It shows them a message, but it is not in linear order, and it has to tell them how to read it, which is true. Yeah. You know, that almost seems like it's from a different space-time thing because of the way it wrote, hello, I am all, hello, and I am all colors, Sam. Mm -hmm. He writes, and this is, like, these next ones are interesting because this kind of makes sense. The being is an aggregate form composed of mismatched images put together in a disconcerting way yeah, that, that sounds... suggests it may not be native to our reality. That sounds accurate. Such aggregate beings are common in lucid dreams, mythology, and folklore, the Egyptian gods, the fairy, the jinn, etc. The images it uses suggest that these images were borrowed from the children's memories and imagination rather than a representative rather than being representative of its true nature. It's a symbolic representation hacked from images in the children's brains like that robots, aliens, clowns. It's like a weird mishmash of a clown, Composite. a robot, mm. an alien. Yeah. The way they are put together suggests that this thing, whatever it is, cannot see our reality directly and it relies on this hacking to try to appear plausible. It reminds me of the equally absurd form of the Flatwoods monster, which did have multiple witnesses and also left physical traces. The being tells the children it's like a ghost and it's all colors, which suggests it is potentially not a physical being, but an energy being that is not native to this part of our spectrum of reality, i.e. not embodied as we are in a particular band of local frequencies matter and usually immaterial to our senses. This is, this is interesting. This form is strikingly similar to the machine elves described in DMT experiences, which were not a thing at the time of the report in the 70s. Hmm. But they said this this creature seems a lot like the, which we did an episode about yep. the DMT, the machine elves. They said that whatever this Sam, the Sandown clown was, it was kind of like a machine elf. And he writes here, I have noted this Doppler effect, the siren-like sound occurring in sleep paralysis or out-of-body experiences when the brain transitions between alpha and theta brainwave states this effect also can be seen in dmt breakthroughs which also correlate with alpha to theta phase transitions we are not supposed to hear phase transitions in electromagnetical waves only sound waves possibly possibly as the brain is an em quantum mechanical object that can experience domains outside domains outside our reality the children's encounter was preceded by the father's encounter with a seemingly physical ufo suggesting a kind of hitchhiker effect as reported in studies of Skinwalker Ranch. Like, the father saw a UFO first, and then other phenomenon appears to have followed him and his family, which suggests if the UFO is physical or extra-dimensional, or from other kind of frequency, that it acts as kind of a Trojan to create a persistent link with that family, because the dad saw a UFO, then now the family witnesses strange events. And mm. that does happen. You know, that's they call that the, the Skinwalker skinwalker ranch effect too where if you experience something there you can pass it on to other people sure he writes we only have a second hand unsourced account it could be a fabrication while some of the details are striking it cannot prove anything i think it's unlikely though that the children could have come up with this but it's possible whoever wrote the article did come up with it personally i find it has a weird ring of truth about it i guess we will never know but it also has that sort of Child, nonsensical, yeah, the childlike nonsensical thing to it. You know, it. like the whole thing with the, um, what was it, the, Mc, the McMartin preschool case that we talked about during our satanic panic, mm. where the kids were talk, talked about being flushed down the toilet into the, the secret passageways underneath yeah. the building, you know. And then Carrie, How old were the kids, though? Seven. She, I think she was like... That's old enough to not be confusing. I don't remember if it said how old she was. 
said they were about the same age. That's all yeah, I remember yeah, you yeah, saying, but not how old they yeah. were. Uh, a website called Curious Archive on August 16, 2021, wrote an article called Sam the Sandown Clown, Alien, Man in Black, or something called a Foley Ado. I think that's a French term. It gets into that in here. The article says, quote, so what actually happened? It goes without saying the story surrounding Sam the Sandown Clown is a strange one. I don't necessarily believe either Faye or her father, but it'll be fun to unpack their stories nonetheless. There are a few possibilities to explain what Sam was, if he existed at all. Number one, Sam is an alien. Since Sam's stories appeared in a UFO journal, this is the most straightforward way of classifying Sam. This also seems to be what Faye's father is implying by tying Faye's interaction with Sam to his own UFO sightings. I've just never heard an alien described like that. No. Number two, Sam is a ghost. Faye and Harry were convinced Sam was some sort of wandering specter. When the children asked Sam if he were a ghost, Sam seems to consider the possibility with his cryptic response, quote, well, not really, but I am in an odd sort of way. Number three, Sam is a human. Not to make the story dark, but Sam's interest in the children and inviting them into his weird swampy shack mm-hmm. certainly sounds like a kidnapping attempt or mm-hmm. worse. But the fact that the children didn't mention being held captive or feeling threatened makes me think this wasn't necessarily an encounter with malicious intent. If Sam was a human, his strange appearance and mannerisms could very well have been linked to drug or alcohol abuse, mental health, or similar reasons. Or a strange cast-off from like a yeah, cir- traveling a circus. circus. Yeah. <laughs> Children are likely able to conjure up bizarre descriptions of people that do appear odd to them, which mm-hmm. is true. Yep. Maybe he had a peg leg. Yeah. Number four, Sam is a shared hallucination. I admit calling Faye and Harry's encounter a folet adieu. It's a French term, also known as shared psychosis or shared delusional disorder, might be a bit hyperbolic. We don't know anything about these children, including their relationship to one another, their family lives, or even if they were locals there. But if something traumatizing didn't occur to the children involving an adult male that day, the character of Sam might have been created as a coping mechanism, which is very true. Number five, I think, Sam is a prank. Children get bored. When children get bored, they make up stories to entertain themselves. I did it. I'm sure you did it. Children have such vivid and wonderful imaginations, so this could have been a childish prank that Faye's father took seriously because of his prior UFO experience. And then the last one, he says, I'd also like to offer the limited but wacky theory that Sam the Sandown Clown was a man in black. He writes, this is absurd, and I'm only throwing the idea out there because his story can't get any weirder than it already is. (laughs) To put it simply, men in black are often put into two categories. The first one being FBI-like agents in black suits with stern expressions and a we-mean-business attitude. The second being a similarly dressed human being with strange mannerisms and something off-putting about their appearance. Both types have been reported to show up if a person has witnessed or is investigating UFOs. Now, Faye herself wasn't said to have witnessed the UFO, but her father had apparently been dealing with them following him around for the past few years. Could Sam have been there to ask Faye questions about her father? To compare Sam to an infamous man in black sighting, we can look back to September 11th, 1976, when a man in black supposedly visited Dr. Herbert Hopkins, family physician, in his home in Maine. At the time of the visit, Hopkins was conducting research on a UFO incident. In 1978, he reflected on the incident with the man in black on NBC radio, saying, quote, The character was bald as an egg. He didn't have any eyebrows or eyelashes. It looked like he had smooth plastic skin, like a doll, except that it was a dead white color. His lips were a brilliant ruby red, and he spoke in an expressionless, monotone, scanning speech. 
He constructed no phrases and sentences, just a sequence of words evenly spaced. His voice was completely passive with no inflection, as if you were hearing it from a machine that could talk. Then I could see that his mouth was a perfectly straight slit. Apparently, he did not have what we call lips, so the lipstick was put on as a decoy. His mouth was more like a ventriloquist dummy. Does oh, that's, that's yeah. creepy. <laughs> and then the, then, the, then the author writes, does that sound somewhat familiar? It sounds kind of like the clown, like Sam. Mm-hmm. Whether we believe anyone in this crazy story is interesting how the strange appearance and way of speaking are so similar between Faye's encounter with Sam and Hopkins' experience with the men in black. While not exactly the same, especially with the clothing, there is enough there to raise a few eyebrows. It's also worth highlighting that most of the conversation between Sam and the children was never disclosed, including whatever was talked about during the half-hour visit in his shack other than his weird berry trick. Could he have been asking about what her father had seen? This is, of course, entirely speculative and based on nothing but my own enjoyment of the story, so take from it what you will. When I first started working on this post a few days ago, I was under the impression that there wasn't a whole lot to say about Sam. It seemed like a pretty straightforward story and a fun inclusion on my website. I really didn't think it would turn into this crazy rabbit hole I've fallen down. And the more I write about Sam, the more I realized he's really an underappreciated member of the British cryptid family. (laughs) But compared to more popular creatures such as Jeff the Talking Mongoose, Sam didn't receive news coverage, wasn't studied by famous paranormal investigators, and was only witnessed by two unknown children. And unlike Jeff, Sam only appeared one time, and when Faye's father went back to investigate, Sam and his shack were gone. I wouldn't classify that as a cryptid. No. There is so little written on Sam that before I found the article, I was convinced he was a product of an internet creepypasta similar similar to Slenderman. But reading the original article and the original journey entry provides tons of fodder for mapping it within the context of similar paranormal incidents. It's complete nonsense, but I'd be lying if I said I wasn't strangely obsessed with it. Sam isn't entirely unknown, however. He does have a small following online from others who have stumbled upon his story over recent years. And Googling his name brings up a few podcasts, along with kitschy t-shirts for sale and a handful of Reddit posts. So there are a few others out there equally charmed by Sandown's own, and much less threatening, version of Pennywise. While I personally don't believe any of this actually happened, aliens and creepy clowns are certainly a fun addition to the paranormal mythology of the Isle of Wight. And if it really did happen, at least Faye and Harry's run-in with an interdimensional being disguised as a clown went a little better than the incident involving a group of children in Derry, Maine. (laughs) Yeah. Somebody responds on Reddit, I've smoked a lot of DMT in my life, have had many, many breakthroughs. I've seen these things, and this sounds so eerily similar. I wonder if this is how they appear in the meat realm instead of their own hyperspace dimension where things move much, much faster. The meat the realm. The meat realm. That's the name of my band. <laughs> uh, and then somebody else writes to the, somebody else responds to this. Maybe Sam broke through to our side on a DMT trip. He is back there now talking about the tiny humans he met during his breakthrough. And then somebody responds, I'm pretty sure the kids just ran into a Teletubby in the wild. <laughs> So there you go. That is Sam the Sandown Clown. Hmm, I, I love, know. I love, love, love that story. And yeah. I wanted to shoehorn it in somewhere. So talking about weird creatures. It just feels made up. Just Yeah, it does feel made up, but it's just a cool it's story. But fun. it's like, yeah. you know, what if it did happen? Like, what, what the heck then. is this thing? Yeah. But I love, I'm a big fan of Sam the Sandown Clown. Hmm. It's just like... Why would they make up like the thing about him dropping his book-looking thing into the water and then splashing around in the water? 
you know, it just seems, yeah. it's just like so much of there just seems so weird, but kids do have, but who's to say that it wasn't just like the, they needed space in that issue of the journal and the guy's like, well, I'm just going to make something up, right? you know? <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Hmm. There are some stories about some weird creatures and cryptids. I like that a lot of things are actually native or have been seen around Wisconsin. That's kind of fun. Yeah. It is neat how like the hide behind the deer, the not deer the Wendigo, how they're all kind of kind like, they kind of like together. lead to each other yep. and they're all kind of related. Yeah. Sam, my boy, Sam, the clown. He's I just threw in there because it's just fun. That was just fun. He's I, the wanted, misfit. I wanted to end on something fun. He's on the island of misfit toys. He is on the island of misfit cryptids. So there you go. <laughs> Hopefully that was okay. Yeah, I liked it. What do you, you think? You know I like cryptids. I know, I know. Or anything creepy like uh, that. But yeah, like the two that I started wanting to talk about, mirrored men and, and I tall wish there was more on that. I do too. Let's so just I'm going to. make it up. <laughs> Which, yeah, yeah, no, that's all we need is to go down Let's that not route. not be that podcast. No. So there you go. Good stuff. Stories of weird cryptids. Nice. The Wendigo one is interesting because that's huge here. Mm-hmm. Like when you it's see something deal. weird in the woods, is it, a, is it a Wendigo? Yeah. I don't know. So there you go. I only have one song choice for today. Okay. Let us know what you think of these, but you guys, like let us know what you think of Sam the Sandown Clown. You know, that's kind of, I think in Krista's mind, that's kind of up there with the Donaldston messages with yeah. the, like, just kind of like a fun, a fun hoaxy story. Yes. Uh, my, this, the first song or my one and only song that I'm going to talk about today, this is one that I got bumped last time for that other song. Like, I love this song and a lot, most people don't know about this song. Uh, they're a Milwaukee based band actually. Nice. Okay. So some of the YouTube comments under the song, somebody writes, I've been searching for the song for years. The intro haunts my brain all the time. It came on the radio and I instantly pulled off the road to Google the lyrics. This song reminds me of the 90s so much back when music was good. Somebody else writes... Back when music was good. Somebody else writes, one of the best songs of the 90s and it's tragic that more people never heard it. Somebody else writes, used to love hearing the song every year at Summerfest. Somebody else writes... Why can't there be a love button? Oh man, how I miss them. They used to play a free show at this festival in Sheboygan and they always did meet and greets. I miss those days. So glad I got to meet and hug each one of these guys three years in a row. By the third year, they remembered my name. Somebody else writes, This song was weirdly super popular in Trinidad and Tobago back in the 90s. I grew up thinking it was massive worldwide only to find out via YouTube that it wasn't. I wonder why it was so popular here in Trinidad and Tobago. Somebody else writes, I saw them play on the Marquette campus on a nice summer day way back when. Great memories of the 90s. Somebody else writes, I can't decide if I like the acoustic version that was played on the radio better or this version. Somebody else writes, and I totally get this, I legit blew out both of my car speakers once turning the volume all the way up right before that, gu- right before that guitar part after the first chorus kicks in. Man, this song rocks. And then somebody else writes, Brought days in Sheboygan, baby. Beer, bratwurst, <laughs> and these guys. Best days of my life. Fun. And it is the song Smile by the band The Guffs. Oh, The Guffs. Yeah, sure. like The Guffs. Like that Smile is such a good song. It's such a good 90s. It has like that 90s vibe. Okay. And it's like, I love The Guffs. I mean, they're still kind of around. I'm sure. They were, they were apart for a while and now they're back together but they're like huge for like bratwurst days sure. festivals and county fairs around here they play Summerfest every year and they get like a huge following at Summerfest. but like outside of this area they're not known at all but it is this there there was like their version the acoustic version of smile was played on the radio 
up here quite a bit, actually. I'll be interested to see if I recognize it. But I love this version. This is like the rocking version. This is like. So what is like one of their more popular songs? This is it. They they didn't really. Yeah. Like this. This was like their kind of hit was Smile. Maybe I recognize it then. Uh, So I'm going to I'm going to post this video on Facebook. And I think in the comments underneath it, I'm going to post a live version of this from the Paps Theater in Milwaukee because it's really good, too. But I love this song, and it is the song Smile by the Guffs. Okay. And it's kind of like a weirdly dark song where, like, like the chorus is like, I can now control you with a smile. It's like it's mm. kind of like a weird, like, darkness to it. But, okay. man, I love this song. This is, like, back in the Smashing Pumpkins days, like the 90s. Just a good rock song. So that's what I got. Smile nice. by the Guffs. I was going to mention... I've been watching, and I think I'm a little behind the times because I don't think it's a current show anymore. Like all the, I could be wrong. I think there's six seasons, but I've been watching Outlander on Netflix. Is it good? Yeah, it's really good. It's actually like time travel. So I don't know. There's sort of like a supernatural thing to it, but yeah, it's interesting. I like it. I cannot get over how much how amazingly good Friday nights Friday Night Lights Mm. TV show is. It is so freaking good. Like. I wish I would have watched it back when it was on, mm. but just like watching it now, it's like, wow, this this literally is one of the best shows. I'm only like halfway through the first season. I think there's five seasons. Is that on Netflix? Yeah. Okay. That's where I'm watching it is Netflix, but it, okay. it's about like a high school football mm-hmm. team, but it is so good. And like, I love the way it's shot, like, like, like found footage style with the shaky camera where it's like a documentary almost the whole show is like that oh i didn't know that yeah and like the theme song the guy who does just a drama though right yeah the guy who does the music is the same guy that does the music for felicity and i love Uh. the music but the friday night theme like the intro the theme song is like so pretty and so good i might even post that as one of my song choices because i love it i love the music but it is such a good show, and it's just like a brilliant show, and I'm sorry that I never watched it. I did not think that I would love a show about football, but it's just a very, very good show. I was going to mention a message on Instagram that I forwarded to you. I never know if they want me to say their name, um, so I, I won't say their name, but it says, Hi, recently started listening to your podcast, and I love it. On season two now, it's my podcast version of Felicity. I know. I love that, <laughs> I love that they said that. They said, I would love to join the closed group, but I'm not on Facebook. Totally but get that. Love it. Yeah. Love the Felicity reference. <laughs> Man, that first season. Felicity. I love the it. first season of Felicity is just like magical to me. Like there's something so brilliant about I've that. I've only seen episodes here and there. It's a show I should probably try watching from Friday the Friday Night Lights is up there with Felicity wow. as far as like just brilliant TV shows. And I, I know Friday, Light, Friday Night Lights got a lot of good talk about it when it was on and it totally deserves it because it's just a brilliant tv show another one that i started watching because friday night lights i feel is one that i want to pay strict attention to but like when i'm eating dinner or something i started watching scream the scream show that oh, was like it's, an good. Interview. it's yeah. actually pretty good mm-hmm. i'm watching the first season now yeah and i'm like this is actually pretty i think i watched the first season and i really enjoyed it yeah, i think actually, there's more seasons there now are there's too. three seasons i think yeah. but it's actually really kind of good it's suspenseful yeah. uh it's different enough from scream that it's not like a basic a one, but yeah, yeah. But, it, but it's good. Yeah. So I've been watching that and Friday Night Lights. That's mm. what I'm watching lately. We also watched The Birds last night. I don't know if it's know a recent addition to Netflix. I was very excited to see it, but my mom is a big fan of that movie too. So there's so the much three stuff of us I want to watch. I want to watch. I know I'm constantly adding stuff yeah. to my list. It's like yep. that's sometimes that's all I do on Netflix is add stuff to my list and I never watch anything, which is kind of stupid. <laughs> I do the same thing. I have thing. a nice long list. I do the same thing. So there you go. Some shows to watch if you guys are interested. 
Sweet. Do we have anything else? Do you have any questions? Oh, shoot. I didn't even look. How long is how long is this one? Two hours and 18 minutes. Holy buckets. I know. There's only four minutes that I'm editing out for the... Well, that you're going to edit out. This one was gonna be, I'm such a bad judge of time. I thought this one was going to be short. We digressed a lot. We did, but I think people like our digressions. I think so, too. Hey, if you can't w- listen in all in one sitting, you know, some people probably take two or three times. We're good in chunks. Yeah. <laughs> Small doses. Uh, no new questions. Okay. That's okay. The last question on there was one we did. That's fine. What was it? Were any, did I think of any questions? Um, that someone had asked. Yeah. You just like on the people side. have asked me stuff about hmm. it and I just can't think of anything. Somebody, somebody did ask me, was it a student? No, it was somebody did ask me once. And it was actually a good question that we should have brought up. Like somebody asked me, how will you guys know when it's time to quit the show? Oh. And I, th- I think the, an- the answer that I gave is when it's not fun anymore. Right. When it feels like, oh, we have to record tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, every morning when I'm up, it's kind of a chore to like research stuff, figure out what I'm going to talk about. But then it's also kind of a chore that I like, mm-hmm. you know, like I like researching this stuff. I like talking, you know, talking about all this stuff. I think a lot of times I don't, the night before I'm like, oh, I got to get up early tomorrow. I have to set my alarm. But while we're down here, I'm having fun. So yeah, yeah when, when we find that we can't stay engaged in it anymore. Yeah. And, and, and I feel like if you move far enough. feel like they're not engaged yeah. anymore. If you moved far enough away where I couldn't come and see you, I would consider. I don't think we'd ever do that no but I, no. I just wouldn't want to do it skype all the no. time because we that's that wouldn't like work. being together in person yeah uh but i just think when it's not fun anymore yep i agree when it's no long, when it feels like work that's probably like lately we haven't had a lot of new listeners coming in but we have so many old listeners that we do this for yeah. you know yeah and like i said in my head i know well, so those m- are just strangers i know but the thing is in my head i know so many more people listen but in my yes. head it's always the people that i know that listen yeah you know, like but Coleman just, and Jeremy yeah. and all those guys, you know, like the people that in my head I know listen, Michelle, I'm just Stephanie. saying that there are probably new listeners every week, but yeah. we don't know because they're not on social media. No. So but then every now and then we just get those messages like, hey, I just discovered your show. Yeah. I love it. And it's just like so weird. Yeah. But I just don't see us quitting this anytime soon. Mm-mm. I think we're going to run out of topics to talk about. I say that all the Never. time, but I think we will. So I don't know. So there you go. There are some weird cryptids. The next one's going to be kind of paranormal based. Sweet. Around a certain object. Okay. Not dolls. Dolls will be later this season. I want to have one about dolls. I saw on the Haunted Objects podcast, they their newest episode. The painting. The painting. I downloaded that. About the crying boy painting. Yeah, I haven't listened to it yet. I'm excited. No, I downloaded that. Have you watched them on YouTube at all yet? No. The video is really good. No. The video version of the podcast is really good. No. I should. I'm waiting for somebody famous to listen to us and be like hey i love your show like somebody like a josh gates kind of famous not like taylor swift famous but like a josh gates famous Uh, josh gates is way more famous in my mind than taylor swift i know that's not the reality of the situation (laughs) but i'm not a swifty so there you go now it's time for us to slide over into the side sessions today's side sessions topic is fun i think it's going to be short okay it's a specific That's what topic. You said about this. It's a specific topic that I have three of, but I okay. think it's I think it's fun. I think it's cool. It's something that I've always been interested in. So there you go. Cool. Next time will be more of a paranormal based one. Uh, haunt, haunted dolls will be coming sometime this season because I want to talk about that. When are we having our listener submitted? Story? We usually do that halfway through the season. Okay. 
Uh, so the we'll summer like, sometime? We'll like, we got one from Stephanie just the other day. So those are starting to trickle in. I think we probably have a few in our email. I never actually. go to that Gmail where I tell people to go for, speaking of which, I should give our deets. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys can email us at thestrangesessions at gmail.com. We are on Twitter, I think, at Strange Session without the final S. Who knows? <laughs> Someone check and tell us. Yeah, let us know. We are on Instagram where Krista does an amazing job at the Strange Sessions. And I love that people write to us on mm-hmm. on there. Uh, you can send postcards and snail mail to The Strange Sessions, P.O. Box 434, Manitowoc, Wisconsin, Windigoville, 54221-0434. You can call our lonely phone line at 920-443-9602. And you can send listener stories to the strange sessions stories at gmail.com or you can just send them to the strange sessions.com yeah either one will work strange sessions at, at gmail.com gmail. yeah make sure you put <laughs> we the don't gmail have a website yeah we don't have a website do we, we have used website? to we used to have a website we used to but we parted ways with that whole scenario yep. it just wasn't working so i think that is it for this time yeah i think the snow should be over now so i think we should I be okay so. coming down here anytime yes but you never know mm-hmm. it could snow here in june it could so i think that is it any other last words, Krista? <laughs> nope, no last <laughs> no words. Last Happy words. Easter. Uh, please write to us if you're a Wendigo, if, if you're a not deer. Yeah, let us know. If you're a not deer, visit Krista outside her window. She loves that. If you're hide around, behind. Prance around on her roof for a little bit. Uh, yeah, hide behinds. You know, drop us a line. Say hey. <laughs> so I think if that's it. So from a Krista and I, down in the strange cellar, until next time, we love you guys. And until then, stay, stay strange. strange.